It's been a couple of months since this happened. I live in a quiet village in the south of Germany. Next to our village is a rather large forest, with loads of hiking and biking tracks leading through it. When I was little, either my aunt or my dad took me there for walks almost every second day. It became a habit for me to keep on going for walks throughout the forest later on in life, but that changed a couple of months ago. I usually went on walks with music on during the daytime, but one night, during the full moon and a clear sky, I felt a little brave and bored at the same time, and decided to go for a stroll. I grabbed a flashlight just in case, and my phone before I headed out. Halfway through my usual route, I was feeling happy and enjoyed my music, until I came across a little bridge that led to the forest. One of my songs faded out, but before the next one could play, I heard the most blood-curdling scream I'd ever heard in my entire life. I took off my headphones, thinking that maybe a boar or another forest critter stepped into a trap, since that happens from time to time here. But once I took a step closer half over the bridge, I heard it again. This time, closer. I turned on my flashlight and saw among the trees next to the entry path a snow-white, skinny as hell, pitched black-eyed face staring straight at me. I've never felt this horrified in my entire life. My insides told me that if I were to take another step, I'd be dead. I didn't care for what was to happen as I turned around and ran in the other direction and went straight home with a constant feeling of dread in my neck. Ever since then, whenever I'm home alone, I feel watched and uneasy. On several occasions, I've even heard footsteps outside on our porch and garden chairs pushed around. I have no clue what I've seen or what to do about it. Any explanation on what the hell that thing that was hunting me was will certainly be appreciated. This story took place when I was 17, Christmas of 2015. For two weeks, my dad and I had decided to spend Christmas with our family, as I have always dreamed. He booked our tickets, and two months later we were on a plane to London, England. After an eight-hour plane ride, we were safely in London. Despite my anxiety, my uncle was there to drive us to the countryside, which took about four hours overall, as we ended up visiting family on the way to the countryside, food stops and toilet breaks. We finally made it to Helston, Cornwall. For the remainder of the two weeks, I would be staying alone with my wonderful grandparents, and my dad would be staying with his brother and his brother's now ex-wife. Most of what I remember from the trip was exploring Helston and Turo, eating a lot of Walker's crisps, illegally drinking alcohol in pubs because nobody ever asked for my ID, and going clothes shopping. 
I remember getting an eerie feeling almost the moment I got there. I had felt that way when I was at my grandparents' house two summers before that, and the many other homes I visited, and plenty of those homes are fairly old. I remember falling asleep many times, and I had this unnerving notion that someone was staring at me, or these random brushes of cold air when I would be laying in bed or making food in the kitchen. I never mentioned anything. If I ignored it, it would go away. Right? Well, you're dang right. It didn't. I felt safer with my door closed, because it felt like something was standing down that short but dark hallway, leading to the living room. I would hear random noises almost every night, but I put it up to the fact that maybe I was just hearing my grandparents talk in their sleep, or because the house was old, that the house was settling or some other stuff. Despite the weird feelings, I was getting almost 24-7. I tried to ignore it, and did so successfully a few times. It all came to head, when on New Year's Eve, I returned home at around 2.50am. I was really hungry, as my cousins threw a frozen pizza in the oven, and I wouldn't touch that stuff. I had had a few beers earlier on in the night, and I had two after midnight. So me seeing things wasn't out of the realm of possibility. I got this craving for a ham sandwich, put the rest of my beers in my room, dressed in my pajamas and went to the kitchen. Besides the kitchen, was this little sunroom that would lead out back. There was a top level and a bottom level. The top level was open but my grandparents were keeping the bottom level locked, as it was far too cold, and the heating was practically non-existent in the bottom level. The kitchen was lit up, but the top level of the sunroom was almost completely dark. As I was making my sandwich, I casually looked to the right. As I was buttering my bread, in the corner of my eye, I saw what looked like a tall yet hunched over figure. At first, I believed that I was just being paranoid, put my stuff back in the fridge, and when I turned, the figure was still there. Anyone who listens to this, if you've ever played Left 4 Dead, does anyone remember the witch? Well, this strange shadowy creature looked like a dark, tall version of the witch. I couldn't make out any noticeable facial features, only a bony figure with long and bony fingers. The creature had long, almost stringy hair. It was almost as if the lights were beginning to dim just by the creature being there. And I swear, it was somehow moving closer. But I hadn't seen one of its ginormous legs move once. I could feel my heart beating incredibly fast, just as it is now while I remember this because I can still remember the feeling, and I still fear that I will see that creature again. I turned my fat ass around, sandwich in hand, and ran into my room. I felt a little nauseous, and could barely finish my sandwich. I just wanted to go to bed, so that it could be daylight once again, and that if I was going to be killed, 
I'd hopefully be asleep if any strange demon decided it wanted me as a snack or something. I was going to be sleeping there for two more nights. I just had to get past it and stay strong. I didn't see that creature again during the rest of my stay there. I tried to get out of that house as much as I could, and was successful in doing so. The last creepy thing that happened when I was laying in bed at around 4am was we had a flight at 12, so I had to be up early for the long drive, and since the weather was abysmal, we wanted to leave early. I remember talking to my friend on Facebook, and I was talking about how scared I was of the flight. She told me I was going to be fine, that I wasn't going to die, and that I would get home safely in no time. When she told me that I wasn't going to die, I was like my body was being taken over and I said out loud, but I'm already dead. I told my dad what happened a few days after we got home. He said that maybe I saw the angel of death or something. I have no clue. I was, and still am, extremely freaked out, as it might just be one of the most terrifying experiences I've ever had, with something that was clearly paranormal. The only reason I think it's real is because usually when I'm drunk or tipsy, I don't tend to take much notice of things. But when I saw this thing, it was like I had been snapped back to reality, and I couldn't even feel the alcohol I had been drinking before this moment. I'm sure there must be some sort of explanation. Perhaps I was just still feeling the effects of the alcohol, or maybe I was tired, and all of it just added up to a very creepy hallucination. Or maybe something more. It was the first Tuesday of the Pennsylvania deer season, December 3rd, 2013. I've always been an avid hunter, and I would wake up very early in the morning to get into the woods before daylight. I would be in the woods by 4.30 in the morning, having to hunt on state game lands, meant beating other people into the woods to get a decent spot. When I got to the parking area at around 4.15, no one else was there. So I walked into the woods, not using a flashlight, but walking only by moonlight. I walked through a field into the tree line and started on my path to my spot. I came to an intersection in the path. One way went left and down the mountain. The other way went right. I went right, because my spot was on the other side. Roughly 50 yards after making the right-hand turn, I smelled what I can only describe as hot garbage. It hit me in the face. Like I mean, hot dumpster juice in the middle of August. So I stopped dead, turned on my flashlight, expecting to see piles and piles of garbage. Nothing. No garbage. Nothing dead. Just hot garbage smell. Keep in mind this is in December. It's cold out. High 20s to low 30s. So even if there was garbage, it shouldn't smell that bad. So I kind of thought nothing of it. I followed the path to my spot, which was down over the ridge from the garbage smell. Roughly maybe 40 feet down, 
that leads into a grass field where I would sit. I set up my seat, get settled in for about two minutes. That's when rocks started coming down the ridge. The first rock startled me, causing me to turn on my light again, scanning the field, hoping to see eye reflection of a deer, but nothing was there. I sat back down, another rock comes down the ridge. This time I stand up and go out into the grass field with flashlight and the pistol that I carry while hunting. I scanned again, nothing, and purposely waited in the field for about five minutes. Now I'm getting angry, assuming another hunter is messing with me because I'm in their spot. I sit down again. The third rock, sounding larger than the others, comes tumbling down the ridge. I don't get up this time. Not two minutes after that, another rock, not tumbled, but sounded as though it were thrown off the ridge and landed in the field. Screw it. I'm pissed. I gathered up my gear and started back up the trail to the ridge. I get on top of the ridge, scanning with my light the whole time. Nothing. No eyes. No other hunter. I get to the spot where I smelled the hot garbage. Nothing. The smell is gone. Finally, it clicked in my head. It may have not been another person. Possibly something else. I've heard other stories of people's Bigfoot experiences, a lot of which remark on how bad the smell is. Screw that. I all but ran out of the woods, and to top it all off, no other vehicles were in the parking area when I got out of the woods. This took place in Pennsylvania State Gamelands 229, outside of Tremont, in Shoyukil country. I later come to find out that a co-worker of mine had actually seen a bipedal cross in front of his car within two miles of my location, so maybe they're real. I don't know. But I definitely had an experience that I will not forget. Halloween night of 2014. I was coming home from a party at about midnight-ish to my parents' house. The house sits back about 15 to 20 feet from the road where I had to park. Parents are out cold by the time I got there, so the house is completely dark. As I lock up the car and start making my way towards the front door and very open yard, with few bushes and one large evergreen tree on the left side between the neighboring yard. I notice a tall, seven to eight foot, white slash blue, hazy figure, standing behind the trunk of the evergreen. It appeared to be almost peering out from behind it, somewhat human in form and featureless, except with the exception of its very long arms legs, and fingers. Thinking it's the neighbor's Halloween deco, I pause for a moment to study it, when I notice its head cock from one side very rapidly, as if it were studying me. Stunned, I freeze, keys in hand, as I'm watching this thing take three large strides and run behind the house, which is about ten feet from the tree. The way it moved is what gets to me. 
It was like someone pulling back a rubber band and snapping it into hyperspace. Mind blown. No trace of it after that. Though I felt watched and fearful of any windows in the house for the rest of the night. Last night, I was watching that 70s show reruns, eyes heavy and mind in a daze. I was starting to fall asleep when I awoke to what I thought was a loud thump by the patio door. The chocolate chip cookie I was halfway through slid off my hand, somersaulting down my torso, as this noise brought me to an awakening twitch. Just an animal, I thought, or the house settling. Eric Foreman is so goofy. Donna is always out of his league. Eric is lucky. I like this show. Back to sleep. Thump. This time from the ceiling. I shrieked. What the hell is that? This time I sit up, with upright posture like I'm ready to focus on any miniature detail that strikes my senses. I turn the kitchen light on, just out of a general state of fear, without really any concern about anything being in the kitchen. I check the back deck for the thump from before. That's super weird, I think. Nothing else happens, I start to relax. I'm not really worried at this point, but still a little on edge. I'm a college student spending the summer at home with my parents, working in downtown DC. They're at the beach. I'm alone in this rather large house. It's 10.36pm. The door knocks. Seriously? I think. Now again, if I were on the set of a horror movie, or had been watching something scary for that matter, I would have drawn an immediate connection between the thumping noise and the door knocking unusually late at night, but neither of these things applied to me at that moment. So I didn't. I was still kind of anxious though from those thumps, but when the door knocked, my attention immediately forgot about this noise and was likely nothing to worry about, probably a salesperson or a mailman. I remember one time a few years back. A UPS man rang our doorbell at about midnight to drop something off. I was the only one awake, so this scared the crap out of me. Maybe it was something like that. The most likely scenario would be my buddy Frank, who considered coming over but said he was too tired. He can be a little spacey though sometimes, so I guess he could have changed his mind without telling me. I'll guess I'll go over there and at least tell whoever the hell it is that I'd like my privacy. Unless it's Frank, of course, who I will then remind how spacey he can be. A little weirded out by the situation, though, I grabbed the first thing that resembles a weapon. An old lacrosse stick. I hold it from the head with the shaft facing outwards like a lightsaber. As I turn the corner to the foyer, I see through the door a pair of skinny legs with odd worn slippers. Alright, this is a little weird. That's definitely a skinny chick. Maybe she's confused trying to visit a friend and knocked on the wrong house. The house next door is about the same size. Doesn't really look a lot like mine, but I don't know what else it could possibly be. All of this enters my mind 
in the matter of seconds between my footsteps in the kitchen and the doormat between the front door and the rest of my home. As I stand between the large modern door and whoever the hell is out there, I lean my lacrosse stick on the ground behind me, so this stranger won't see it. As my hand floats hesitantly towards the doorknob, I hear a voice coming from the other side of the door. No clear words, just light whispers. I assume someone must be with the slippers girl, because I haven't even opened the door yet. And as far as I can tell, this person hasn't even seen that someone is home, unless she's talking to herself. That thought didn't calm my mind at all, though. My hands stopped frozen in midair, about halfway between the rest of my body and the door, like I was about to do some weird robot dance move. I wait for several seconds, disturbed by the odd synchronization between my movement towards the doorknob and the voice outside. I wait longer. No voices. I take a deep breath. It's through my nose and out through my mouth. Knock, knock. I open the door about three quarters way, quickly, like a toddler anxious and curious to discover the monster in their closet. I stick the right half of my body out, facing two dark feminine figures on my porch. The first thing I notice is those beat up slippers. I look up from there, my head and neck tilting upwards to see the rest of her. Straight black hair, uncombed, matted in different directions. She looked sickly, shaking in the cold, with a hooded sweatshirt and tiny khaki shorts. She's about five foot three, looks to be about 13, staring straight forward, which for me, at five foot nine, standing on a raised surface above my lowered porch, isn't my pelvis. In the dark, I cannot make out the features of her face, but could tell that something about her was awkward, the way she stood there off balance. Her neck tilted to the left side like a chewed up overused doll. Before I can react in any way, I observe her partner, about a half a foot behind her and to the left, a noticeably younger girl, maybe nine years old, but with about an inch over her sister, wearing a ragged, dark blue shirt, black pants, rain boots. She had similar black hair, though didn't have the same bizarre demeanour as her older sister. I look down at these two girls, and have no idea how long it had been since I had opened the door. Have they said anything? What do I say? This is too weird. Uh, can I help you? I muster out, in the tone I typically use to talk to kids, but with an undertone of chill to my voice. I stutter some when I'm nervous or excited, and here, I could barely make out a word. Hello, sir. Please, we are cold, and would like to use the phone. The younger one says that, her head facing straight forwards. Her tone, it was like nothing I'd ever heard before. It was feminine, sure, but each word left her mouth fully independent of the other one like they were just words being spit out of a machine and placed in the correct order by a third party. Almost like a robot, but she was clearly human, 
a young girl I'm speaking to, yet somehow very, very off. She didn't sound her age. She sounded at least 14 or 15, but she looked no older than 10. Why did she speak to me and not the older sister? What's going on? Is her older sister shy? Mentally handicapped? Am I dreaming? And what does this mean about using my phone? It was like she was speaking of a script and mixed up her question. Did she mean to ask something else? Not sure how to respond to this arbitrary question I manage. Ah, uh, well, I'm not sure what you're asking. Are you two lost? First, nothing. Just stares, straight forward, directly ahead, as if with no visual awareness. Then, the younger one. Please, sir, we are alone and need to call home. Let us in. Her response, with the same monotone voice, didn't really answer my question. It was like she was speaking without any concern over it. Just when it was time for her next line, and the last part, let us in, like a command, completely separate from her prior polite candid request. Trembling in fear, confused, with a strong sensation telling me something was horribly wrong, I said, well, uh, I'm sorry, but I cannot let you in my house. You'll have to stay here while I grab a phone and call for you. I couldn't leave these two kids stranded out here. But I knew. Something in the pit of my stomach just told me I could not let them in. I was scared out of my mind. The two just looked straight forward, not responding. And suddenly, the older one, who has yet to move or say anything, changes her expression completely. She squeezes her fists as they shake at her sides as if in great pain, and without moving her pale face or neck, makes a smile, showing her teeth all at once. They were sharp, inhuman, like an animal's. At this, I make an obvious, loud scream of terror. The younger one notices my fear and looks up at me and her pale face, her eyes, blackness, pure black, no clear iris or retina, like two black marbles. I then noticed her silent, smiling older sister's black eyes as well. A grotesque nausea floods my stomach closing in on me, choking me. I am frozen. I do not manage a scream. I can't. I am lost in fear. My entire body speeds up, tingling, numbing. I lose myself. And finally, after what feels like several minutes, I let out a noise of horror that I don't think I've ever made. As I close the door in front of me and retreat to the safety of my home. My body is still shaking. I stand, crying, trembling in the front of the door. I need to reach my cell phone, which is in the family room. I can still hear that 70s show in the background, which brings some relief, but it sounds off now, foreign, almost like another language in my fearful state. I need to call the cops. 
I can't let them in. Get out of here, I yell while banging on the door in an attempt to scare them off. Undiscernible sounds come from the other side, like animal cries or barks. It doesn't sound like the younger girl. I know it isn't. It's the older girl. The silent, mentally off one. But I can't fathom this. No. I need to reach my cell phone, but I can't move. I can't lose track of them. I can see the slippers in the side window. I know she's still there. More animal noises from outside. I scream, yell, bang my lacrosse stick against the door. Anything I can get out of my tired lungs and muscles. I felt like I was being attacked by a grizzly bear. I was in full-on survival mode, doing all I could to scare them away. But any noise I made was matched by the older girl, with her disturbing barks and screams that to this day haunt my dreams. Then, from the other side of the door, I hear a muffled, We just want to call our mother from the younger girl. Please, we are scared and alone. Let us in. Let us in. That last part, let us in. In the exact same cadence, twice over, like a recording. Please, let us in. Like a chant. Let us in. Let us in. Let us in. The younger girl continues, each command louder and more assertive than the last one, as the older girl's noises matches her demands. I wait for any sign of safety of this horrible nightmare coming to an end. I continue screaming at them until finally it stops. The noises, the chanting, gone. The slippers are gone. I look out my window, sprinting legs, the older girl running, the speed of a male track star, but her legs twisting over each other like a circus freak. This is so screwed up. I see her trail off, catching up with the younger sister, who must have given the orders to leave while she strayed for a minute or two barking and screeching and yelping like a Neanderthal. I watch as the older sister finds her younger sister waiting on the other side of the road. They stand there, not looking back at my house, staring straight ahead the other way, like they are waiting for something, someone. And suddenly, a large, wiry figure walks towards them, long legs and arms and lanky, inhuman features, with the shape of a woman, but far too tall and awkward in form, like one of those scarecrow-like animations from a Tim Burton film. This creature, this monster, leads them away into the night. I did not leave my front door the entire night. I didn't sleep, and barely have since. Close family, my girlfriend, and my friends want to believe me. They say they don't think I'm crazy, but I feel like they don't really believe me. This is actually so screwed up, whatever it is, whoever they are. It's real. They're like these subhumans trying to take us, or have them join them. I don't know what it is. They create this energy of fear and terror, like nothing I have ever experienced. I lay awake at night, 
terrified of when I open my eyes, that that older sister will be outside my window, hanging from a tree smiling at me, barking, waiting for me to walk outside, leave the house. I haven't left since. Update. It's been a few days now and I've managed to leave the house at the request of my loved ones. Each hour that passes I do feel a little more safe. I know this sounds like something out of a horror movie, but it's so messed up, and the realest thing I've ever experienced. I'll preface this by saying my approach to paranormal things in life is to be open-minded until proven otherwise. So for full disclosure, I do believe in almost everything paranormal. But I've never actually seen anything worth noting myself, other than when, maybe, we saw a Bigfoot in Oregon back in 2012. But I was pretty far away, and it could have just been a distant bear or even a tree. Anyway, I am a single dad. My son was born in 2010. I like to think of myself as a very dedicated father. He is by far and always the best thing in my life ever. And as such, where he's involved, my memories are usually clear and more profound. Since the first time he ever slept in a bed with me, I can recall odd things happening during sleep. And it's every time that he sleeps in bed with me. Noises, blurry visions, and I wake up from such noises. A window or a door open that I knew was closed. A nightlight unplugged and on the floor. Stuff like that. Well, yesterday, he was sick. And I let him sleep with me in my bed last night. I recently switched to overnight shifts at work. So, when I'm off now, I've become a very light sleeper during normal sleep hours. The last thing I remember before dozing off was that my son had kicked off his blankets. He prefers to sleep that way, and I think this detail may be important, and that his pillow had kind of shifted towards the headboard, and his head wasn't on the pillow at all. This morning, a little before four, I awoke to a noise, only this time, I actually saw something. As I sat up, I noticed my bedroom door is open, and I never leave it open. As I'm noticing this, my focus becomes clearer, and I swear that along the door frame, I can see four very long fingers. Not claws, fingers. As I move to get out of bed, the hand moved away, and I see what I can only describe as a fleeing tail. As soon as I get to my door and look into the next room, there is nothing. I searched everywhere, nothing still. All doors were locked, as were the windows. When I go back to check on my son, the pillow is back perfectly under his head. The blankets were pulled up onto him, and the fever he had had broken. He was sleeping peacefully. I have never, including this morning, 
felt threatened by what I have seen or heard. In contrast, I've probably felt more at ease than I should have in this situation. A couple of notes. I've always had, and still do have, dogs who sleep in the room with me. They never even barked or growled. I do have a history of sleep paralysis, though I can always tell when it's been an episode, just by how terrifying they are. I don't think this is what the situation was. And finally, I don't drink at all, and if I ever do anything, it's maybe smoke a joint when I go camping with my high school buddies. The question is, should I be concerned? Are there such things as sweet cryptids that watch over your children? Does this sound like something any of you have heard? Or is this some sort of subconscious thing I'm experiencing? Any information would be valued. This happened a few years ago at my parents' house, in a small town in Wayne County. Anyone that knows the area knows some parts are very rural. Well, my parents live right in town, not far from the centre of it, but in a weird spot. The town has only maybe 500 people in the town limits, and it's surrounded by farmland and forests. They live right near the railroad tracks and canal, and the backyard is pitch black at night, because the streetlights don't reach back there. The yard backs up to a walking trail and woods. It's actually pretty creepy back there after dark, even though it's a two blocks from downtown. The night this story takes place, it was extremely dark. I think it was a new moon, or a moonless night, and it was overcast to boot. Late summer or early fall, so it was pretty dry, no mud to capture any footprints. My parents, brother and I, were talking in the living room, at the front of the house. The part of the house facing town and light. The house is kind of long and skinny, maybe 30 by 40 feet wide, but probably 120 to 150 feet long. As we're talking, the family dog stood up and looked around and started to growl really low. He was a yellow lab of about 90 pounds, half deaf and blind from diabetes. Overall, he was a really chill dog. He'd never barked at other dogs and very rarely barked at people. That's what made this so odd. His cackles went up and he started barking towards the back of the house. There were at least two closed doors before you even got to the room where the back door is. The dog is now like full-on berserk, barking at the closed door in the hallway. We opened it and followed him to see why he was going nuts. We get to the door to the back room and are now worried someone has broken in. But when we opened it, Marley shot straight to the back door, jumping and barking and snarling, making sounds I've never heard this big baby of a dog make. I opened the back door and he tried to bolt out. He was going to attack whoever or whatever was there. Me and my parents 
step out on the back porch and close Marley inside. He still sounds almost rabid. We wait for a second for our eyes to adjust because the backyard is pitch black. We see a silhouette, maybe 40 or 50 feet away, standing at the edge of the yard, right near the railroad tracks access road. Now to say this was big is an understatement. It was way over six feet tall, probably closer to seven and a half or eight and extremely broad. I'd think it was a potential burglar that we caught sneaking up to the house, if it wasn't so colossal. My parents to this day swear it was a black bear. Officially, according to the DEC, black bears don't live anywhere near this area and haven't for a long time. Also, the size of it would have been a record-sized bear. The reaction of my dog going nuts doesn't seem like what a bear would do. After we had put Marley inside, it just stood there, upright, for about two minutes, before we decided it was best to go inside, as the hairs on the back of our necks were standing up. The reason it freaked me out was even at the distance it was at, you could hear it breathe, deep, raspy breaths. It sounded like it was breathing right next to my ear. They were slow and steady, not like someone who was out of breath. It wasn't like they were trying to make their breath sound loud. It just was. I immediately went to find a flashlight, but when I got back outside, Whatever it was, was gone. No tracks, no fur. Just a huge silhouette that was too big to be a person, but acted unlike any wild animal that I have ever seen. It was the fall of 2009. My fiance and I had been living in our 1953 bungalow for a few months. She had been complaining that something had been messing with her at night, touching her face, her feet, sitting on her chest. One night, she ran out of the bedroom screaming, saying that it was messing with her again, and that she saw a tall shadow figure. I blew her off. I'd had plenty of my own paranormal experiences since I was 10 and I didn't want any more. But then about two weeks later, I went to bed late. She was already asleep. I climbed into bed and looked over my shoulder towards the bathroom door. There stood a seven foot shadow figure. I immediately tried to debunk it by looking at the light coming from under the door from the living room. The bathroom light was not on and there was foil over the window since I worked nights and slept during the day. I then looked back towards it. It was standing there motionless. Next, I glanced to the left of it, at our closet. It was a large walk-in, with a green tapestry hanging on a rod for a door. The light was on on the inside, and what did I see? Floating in the closet was a demon. It had scales like reptiles. Its arms were outstretched, with thumbs pointing down. It was rotating its head to the left and right. 
the best I can describe its face, was hissing or seething. It had no legs, floating from the waist up. I watched it for a few seconds, just long enough to notice every detail of its skin and face. Then I laid down and immediately fell asleep. I am not religious and have never had any thoughts of demons before this moment. I witnessed two terrifying beings right before my eyes. Why did I just lay down and go to sleep? I think it had control over my mind. Sure, I've been to war a few times, but I'm not that brave. I later began to think maybe a djinn attached itself to me when I was in Iraq. I've had issues with extreme anger, rage, depression, and anxiety ever since, to the point of an arrest. It's weird because I'm actually into Buddhism, meditation, and helping people, but there's the other side of me now. If anyone had ever seen a demon like this, I'd love to get in touch. I'm now going through a divorce. In the last month of our relationship, I noticed on two occasions that my ex-wife's pupils were slit like a reptile or a cat. In our ten years, I have never been afraid to say anything to her. But for some reason in those two moments, I didn't say a word. So this happened about two years ago now. I was biking on the Panhandle Trail, and this specific instance was just across the Pennsylvania-West Virginia border, on the West Virginia side. I had been biking since morning and stopped for water. I had just crossed the border and after a few more miles decided to turn back. As I was riding, out of the corner of my eye, I noticed something off, so I stopped to look. About 40 yards off the trail, up fairly high on a tree, there was this thing. The only way I can describe it is that it looked like a four or five foot tall owl, but still a bit off from that. Slightly more humanoid, actually, which is what made me think to tell you guys about it. It was sitting in this tree facing me, kind of bobbing its head up and down, almost as if it was sizing me up. Perhaps that's just my mind getting to me more. I'd thought that it's probably just a tarp or trash bag or something stuck in the tree, but the branch it was on was very thick. I'd say at least six to seven inches in diameter. And the branch was swaying along with these head bobs. It was very dark in color. The only thing I could really make out for more than a silhouette was the face was darker, black, than the brown gray that made up the rest of it. It didn't freak me out too much because I assumed it was totally something explainable but it certainly unsettled me enough to get me on a fast pace back home, especially as the area of the trail that I was on was very remote as far as I could tell. Like I said, I'm sure this could be explained away somehow. I don't really believe in these sort of things at all, but man, that experience has stuck with me. And that being said, not that you guys have any reason to believe some dude on the internet. This is 100% true. 
and I tried to give all the details I could. I hope you find it as cool as I have for the last few years. I love freaking people out with this story. I was walking into a spot where I duck hunt. It had snowed several days before and had frozen and thawed a few times. So there was a really thick crust on the snow. I'm a big guy and could easily walk on top without breaking through. As I walked along a farm path, I heard something in the forest to my right. Looking, I noticed a shape maybe 30 yards away trying to hide behind a tree line. I could see it clearly. It kept sliding to the left and peering around the tree trunk. I stopped and turned towards it, and it turned and ran away downhill, crossed the upper end of the frozen beaver pond breaking through the ice, crossed an open field on the other side and disappeared into the woods. I lost sight of it before it broke through the ice. It scared me. Shaking, I drew my pistol and made my way back into the field on the far side of the beaver pond and looked at the muddy tracks where it came out of the water. There were just smudges. It wasn't even denting the packed forest snow. I went down to the water and looked at the broken ice. It was thick enough for me to stand on, and I tried. I went back to the tree that I was trying to hide behind, and there was a limb that was across its face, so I knew I could get a height estimate. That limb was even with the top of my head when I was standing, where it had stood. I'm six foot, so this thing must have been at least six foot six or taller. What was it? It was bipedal, standing at six foot six. Maybe it was a person. What could possibly make a human cross a frozen pond in cold 10 degree Fahrenheit weather? not knowing if the ice would support them or not, or even how deep the water was. Then, when did this now very wet person go in a 300-acre forest? There is still a logical explanation. I just don't know what it is. There is a place in the country that I live in. I believe it might be called Bumblegini. I'm not sure but it is a legit place. It's small, and nothing lives there. There's a body of water, but not one fish in it. No birds, no animals, nothing. It might be some old radiation thing, but who really knows the background of this place? Anyway, the town drunk used to go fishing nearby this place. Obviously not at it, because there would be no fish. And he came back to town with a story that when I heard it made my spine shiver. A lot of people dismissed what he said because I guess he wasn't that intelligent and he was a drunk. But he swore he was perched up on the river fishing at night and saw a few meters down from him a pig-like figure on all fours splash into the water and swim across to the other side. He said he didn't really look like a pig but that's the closest he could describe it to. And then when it got to the other side, it climbed out on two legs and walked out with the shape of a human. 
he swears it to be true. And I don't know, who am I to say he's lying? Paranormal stories like this get told all the time. It was the summer of 1986, and I had just graduated from high school. I was living in Vancouver, British Columbia, and my girlfriend and I spent the afternoon at Kitsilano Beach, suntanning. She had to leave early for work, so I stayed on the beach, alone. It was around four, and I was hungry. I walked up to the beach over an area called Spanish Banks. There was a concession out there, and I had a long line. It was an Expo 86, so we had a ton of tourists that summer, and the beach was packed. I placed my order, but was told that it would be a 15 to 20 minute wait for my food. I perched myself on a bench and proceeded to wait. For some reason, I looked across the street. The concession stand is adjacent to the road, a narrow two lane road, not the best for beach traffic. And the other side of the road is a forest called the UBC Endowment Lands, attached to the university. There was a guy walking down through the forest, which was also a steep hill. There is no sidewalk below, and it was a really dangerous place to try and cross the street. Not only that, it was an odd place to come out of. Imagine a steep hill with lots of bushes and trees going straight down a curb, and then a busy street. The second that I saw this guy, and I was far away at the concession stand. I had that gut-wrenching fear that everyone describes, even though he was far away. I could tell that he was grinning maliciously, fixated on me. He crossed the street grinning, and at that moment there were no cars, so he got across easily. He made a beeline straight to where I was, and went and sat on a bench and crossed from me. I'm not good with distances, but I approximate it must have been 10 to 15 feet. He was First Nations, a bit older than I was, maybe 1920. He had medium length hair and was wearing a white t-shirt and a red flannel shirt over it, unbuttoned. He was wearing jeans, I can't remember his shoes, runners of some kind. He was fairly attractive, but utterly evil. Malicious was the word that kept going through my mind. Now his eyes, they were black. No whites could be seen, but they were not shiny like all of the other accounts I've read. His were dull. The way that I described it to my boyfriend later was that they looked like scratched black plastic. They also gave me the feeling of when you look into a microscope of binoculars and you can see your own eyelashes squished against the lens and it's almost spider-like. His eyes and his everything frightened me like nothing ever else had. He sat there grinning at me. He knew that I was terrified, and I knew that I had to pretend that I was not. I felt totally alone, even though there were tons of people around. No one else seemed to notice anything amiss. I felt as though knowing that this person existed made me hate being alive. The world would never be safe if things like him existed. 
I sat there acting totally normal on the outside, trying to keep it together, because it seemed instrumental to my survival. I had no idea what this thing would do, but I felt as if my life was in danger. My food was ready for pickup. I got it, and then proceeded to go over to the payphone, and I kept my back to him as I phoned my boyfriend. I told him to get over to Spanish banks because there was a really scary guy here and I didn't know how to get away. After my boyfriend hung up, I stayed in the phone booth, pretending to talk to someone. At some point, I had to get off. Maybe someone wanted the phone, and I sat back on the bench, and he stayed, grinning. A minute or two before my boyfriend got there, he got up and sauntered away down the beach. When he arrived, he wanted to go after him. I grabbed his arm and told him that we had to get out of there now. I couldn't properly explain it to my boyfriend, just how terrifying that experience was. I still can never explain it properly. It was scarier than any murderer. It felt as though as if this thing could do something to you. It wouldn't just end your life. It would do something that would destroy or torment your soul forever. I've had a couple of other experiences that are slightly related to this, though different. When my grandma was very sick, my parents decided to move closer to her in order to help treat her and make sure that she was comfortable during her final days. However, her final days seemed to drag on a bit longer than we'd all anticipated. And, seeing that she was going to live for longer than we thought, which is a good thing, don't get me wrong, my parents decided to sell their old house and to live in hers. Her house was very large. It was the house that my father had grown up in, and it had been standing strong for at least 150 years. This was in rural England, and me and my parents liked the change of scenery and change of pace. However, there was something that always creeped me out. The basement. I never liked going down there. I never had any reason to. It was a very small, dark room and didn't really have stairs as they were rotting and old and you had to be very careful as you treaded down if there was something that you needed to retrieve. For the most part, it was mostly used to store wine. That's what my grandma used it for anyway. I think it appeared to be more of an afterthought, as it was bricked up, but it was damp, and you could smell the earth around you. I never felt comfortable. However, as we moved in, my parents needed a place to store some old boxes, and so, that's where they put them. It was on a typical Sunday that I was bored, and my dad told me to go find one of his power tools as he was trying to fix one of the door hinges. When asking where it was, he told me that it was in the basement in one of the boxes. I really didn't want to go, and asked if my sister could go in my place. But she being six years old, he really didn't trust her with any of these tools. So, down I went into the darkness in search for these tools. 
I turned on the light, which barely illuminated the small space, and started digging around the boxes for the tools. That's when something caught my eye. Something reflecting off one of the stones. I pushed the light, which was dangling from a wire, a little bit closer, to see if I could check out what this thing was. The sparkle had me excited. Money? Could it be money here? I couldn't see it well enough though. The illumination was too poor. So I quickly found my dad's power tool and told myself that I would be back to try and see what this mystery could hold. Upon returning a few minutes later with a decent torch, the light showed that it was indeed something metal. I tried pulling at it to no avail. I was starting to pull at it, with no avail. Clearly, whatever it was, was sealed solidly into the wall. And that was it. I couldn't get to it. And I forgot all about it. Then a few years passed. I had grown up a fair amount. I was now 17, and my grandma at this point had passed away. But we ended up inheriting the house and after paying off the tax, we were living there very happily. Me, my sister, my mother and my father. It taken some time to get used to the new environment, but this was now our home. One year, we had some particularly bad floods, and the basement flooded. Everything there was ruined, and 17-year-old me had the task of getting rid of everything that had been soaked. We managed to get all the water out, and we were considering just sealing it up. As we were debating this, I went down and made sure that I retrieved everything so that it could all be disposed, and to check on the off chance that anything was salvageable. I wasn't sure about the wine. My dad couldn't tell if water had got in or not, so sadly all of that had to be disposed of. But that's when I saw it again. The shiny thing in the wall. I hadn't been back here in a long time. I hated the basement, so I had no reason to. And that's when I wondered if this time I could pull it. So, with everything being so wet, and apparently the cement being weakened, I gave it a tug, and stronger 17-year-old me felt some movement. This caused genuine excitement. I started pulling it and it became very clear that it was behind the brickwork. I started playing around, and after retrieving a knife from the kitchen, it was very, almost too easy, to start taking the bricks apart by chipping away at the old cement. That is when I found it. Hidden behind here was a box, a metal tin. It was sealed and sealed very well, might I add. When I managed to finally take the lid off, that I discovered what was hidden inside. An old Ouija board, as well as a few coins, notes, a die, and a few other bits and bobs. These must have been games, but why would anyone put games in a tin and bury them behind a wall in the basement. This left me very confused, 
but I was happy with my loot. Now bear in mind, me and my family were never raised religious, and I in no way believed in anything supernatural. These were just games. I mean, you had some classics there on paper, but the board was made out of solid wood. It was sturdy and looked the real deal. You could tell how old it was. So I invited my friends over a few days later to muck around with it. Fortunately for me, it was one of the days where my dad had to take my sister to a dance competition. And my mother being the supportive mother she was, went with them, which left me and the house alone. It was your typical Friday evening. I invited the boys round and we decided to have a go on the Ouija board. We tried to just muck around at first, pretending to be all spooky and creepy. We fetched a glass from the kitchen, put our fingers on it, and started saying, in a creepy and almost mocking tone, If anyone's there, we invite you, woo! Like that. Silly, I know. I'm sure we must have offended something. We waited to see if there was any movement, but there was nothing. When we were about to give up though, did movements start slowly coming through. Each of us of course thought that it was one of our friends making the glass move, but alas, we all denied it. One of the friends was writing everything down, and towards the end we had a friend writing everything down, and whilst playing our Q&A, we established that we were talking to Sam, and Sam was not very happy. He just said no to most of our questions. We really weren't understanding it. We asked him where he died, and he just said no. We asked him if he was dead, and he just said no. And we asked him if he would like to continue talking to us, and only then did he say yes. We tried asking him how old he was, but there'd never be a reply. We were a bit creeped out by now, although I personally believed it was definitely Barry. Barry was always a joker. So the session concluded without much information. We weren't really happy and moved on to a different game. Bear in mind, we never said hello and we never said goodbye. So... I'm not really sure how that works. Apparently it means we left the session open, and I think that was our mistake. The rest of that night was uneventful, but when I went to bed that evening, I had this heavy and oppressing feeling that was covering all my body. I tried to go to sleep, but felt really uncomfortable, and resorted to turning the light on in order to sleep all night. It gave me the comfort I needed to wake up happy in the morning, but it was still there. It felt like something was wrong. I tried telling myself I was just creeped out, that I was playing with the silly board and that it was getting to me, and that I should just move on. The feeling didn't go away, but as long as I remember, I tried putting it to the back of my mind. A few weeks later, I told myself that it had to do with the board and put it up on eBay as an authentic Ouija board, which I thought could fetch a pretty penny, but only managed to get me about £25. Eh, not that bad. I was just glad to be rid of it, to be fair. But the feeling never went away. 
that's when the apparition started. I started seeing a shadow, some kind of weird smoke creature, standing at the foot of my bed at night. I'd be unable to move, and it would just be there staring at me. There'd be times when I would come into my room in the middle of the night, and look in and turn the light on. And in that split second before the light went on, would I see the creature of shadow in a corner of the room, or on the ceiling. But the moment the light switch flicked on, it would be gone. I was scared that I was going insane, that my mind was being consumed by this primal fear of that stupid board. But I tried to be stronger than it. The apparitions didn't cease though. Nay, they started to become more commonplace. I started losing sleep. And when I was dozing off at school, just at the point before I knew that I was going to pass out, did I see it. It was right by my teacher. This black, grey, smoke, thing. This figure, just looming around, haunting me. I didn't know what to do. There was a girl in my class who was really into Wicca, and I tried telling her about it. I also thought she was really hot, and wanted to ask her out, and thought this would be the perfect segue into it. Clever 17-year-old me, trying to impress a Wicca girl by telling her that I think I'm being possessed by a demon, or at the very least, stalked by one. I told her about it, and she was intrigued and told me a few things I should do to keep it at bay. She told me that I should burn sage. I don't even know what sage was. That was quite hard to come by anyway. But I tried it, and it worked for a little while. But when I got bored, or lazy and stopped doing it, did the thing resurface, and it would be there again. It started to get incessant. I was becoming really, really paranoid. Scared that every time I'd look in a dark space, it would be there. Sometimes even a light space. I just wanted this thing to be gone. So, I resorted to going down to the local church one day. And banged on the church door until someone came out. It was a priest. And I told him that I wasn't religious, but that I needed help. He listened to me, but basically dismissed me and told me to go home. I didn't know who to turn to. At this point, the girl that I'd been talking to, the wicker one, had become my girlfriend, and we'd started to get really close to each other. She started seeing the thing as well when she'd stay over. Not that my parents knew she'd stay over. And she began to become frightened for my safety and well-being. She spoke to some of her wicker friends, and basically got another board. She said that maybe the best thing to do would be to say goodbye and finish the session. She and I joined hands, lit some candles, and requested to speak to Sam. Sam answered, and it was the stereotypical no to every question, but did say that it was him, or at least I hoped. We asked if he would please leave, and he said no. When we asked, why he was haunting us, he never gave a reply. I said as loud and forcefully as I could, I'm genuinely not sure where it came from, but I screamed at the top of my lungs, Sam, you are not welcome. 
You're not welcome here. You're not welcome in my home. And I condemn you by the grace of God to go back from whence you came. And then I dragged the cup up to goodbye and ended the session. Clever me thought that would be the end of it. And for the most part, it was. Quite boring, I know. I'm gonna be honest, I felt like quite a badass, telling a demon to go do one, and that I wanted to live my life freely. Things did crop up here and there. Shadows, things moving by themselves. But I got sleep, and never saw the apparition full scale like that again. Maybe I opened a doorway to something. Maybe I could now see things that others couldn't. I don't really know how to describe it. All that I know is that life for the most part almost went back to normality. Me and the girl actually ended up getting married. And this piqued my interest in the occult and the paranormal. I don't know what would have happened to me if I'd have never met her and found a way to try and put this at bay. But I am happy with my life now and how things have turned out. I do have to be grateful though, as this experience made me who I am today. But still, it's not something I would ever dabble in again. I've worked the night shift for a long time. One of the scariest experiences I had was when I worked at an abandoned factory. Now, apparently, the owners of the factory were waiting for some permissions to tear it down and build something new on the land. But in the meantime, it had to be protected. The job itself was simple enough and not very creepy, as we hardly ever had to go into the building. We simply had to patrol the perimeter and ensure that no doors had been opened and that no one was about. Now, something that was always a bit of an inconvenience was the fact that the toilet was about a five minute walk from my station. But I am a guy and the station boarded woods, woods that extended for miles. So oftentimes, assuming all I needed to do was a whiz, I'd just go and do my business in the woods. It's not like anyone was around to see what I was doing. Anyway, on to the story. It was your typical night, and I believe it was sometime around 4am. I was just scrolling through Reddit on my phone, seeing if I can read anything interesting, perhaps immerse myself in a spooky story when nature's call urged me to get up and I approached the tree line, a way I had done hundreds of times. I always carry my flashlight, but the light from the small hut was enough so that I could just walk out into the darkness and do my business quickly and privately. However, upon reaching the tree line, did I hear something? Now it isn't the first time I've heard something most of the times it's just an animal moving around in the brush. So I ignored it as I did my business. As I'm just zipping myself up and turning around to leave, do I notice something in the tree line? Eyes. At least, I think it's eyes. I hear twigs cracking from underneath the weight of whatever this thing is, and I stare at it blankly for a moment. 
I whip out my flashlight and shine it directly at this thing. I don't even know what it was, but it was about eight feet tall, brown fur, standing on two legs, and it was just watching me. The moment the flashlight hit it though, it covered its eyes and ran back into the tree line. I noped out of there and back into my station, locked the door, and occasionally would peep out the window to make sure it wasn't looking at me, after of course, switching off all the lights. I waited in the dark listening, and didn't do any more of my rounds until daylight. I quit after that. No way did I want to encounter that thing again. I was there for a while, so I feel myself lucky to not have encountered it sooner. I grew up in the Great Pacific Northwest, in the foothills of the Cascade Mountains, under the shadow of Mount St. Helens in Washington State. It is a land full of myth and legend, mostly from the natives, but a lot from the old timers, the loggers, the trappers, and hunters. One of my father's oldest and dearest friends now passed on was a local Native American who was one of the oldest of his nation. He was an adult before most of the towns in the area were settled by white people. His name was Charlie to us. I'm sure he had another native name, but I don't recall what it was. Charlie used to sit us down, kids and adults, and tell us stories. Some of the stories were tribal legends, some of them were things he swore happened to him in the woods, and some of the things said by the other men and women of his tribe were the fur trappers and miners of the late 19th century. As I got older, I began to realise that Charlie wasn't pulling our legs on some of these stories. He genuinely believed them. And a few of them happened to me, as I would wander out into the woods and investigate. The most obvious and easiest to prove was the ridge light or mountain lights. Charlie called them by different names, and the locals to this day still tell some of the stories about them. The lights, according to Charlie, had existed as far back as man had. They would appear around the mountains on clear nights and zip around in the air. One of the local legends said that the lights were the spirits dancing and playing. I first saw the lights when I was a kid, and several times since then. To me, they fit the exact description of a classic UFO. Lights that appear to be some form of aircraft that flew in manners impossible for current aircrafts, incredible speeds, and course corrections. The last time I saw the ridge lights was in the mid-90s. I have noticed a distant decrease in reported sightings of them since then. But for a while, the western foothills of the Cascades were a hotspot for UFO sightings. Speaking of UFOs, it goes on a bit further than just seeing the lights. When I was a young kid, I woke up in the middle of the night, in the little farmhouse we lived in to bright lights outside. They were multicoloured and flashing, like police cars, except I seemed to recall 
they were green as well. I curiously and unafraid walked out of my room and into the living room, the kitchen, and eventually my parents' room. All the while, in all the windows, there were these bright lights. I tried to wake my parents up, but they were sound asleep. I shrugged it off and went to bed, and woke up in the morning. When I brought it up with my parents, they dismissed it as a dream. I accepted that, especially because one odd part of my story, I couldn't wake my father up, and he was a Vietnam vet who normally woke up at the sound of a mosquito farting. This story would have ended there if not for our drunken neighbor. Some years later, when I was a teen, I was talking with the now dead neighbor's granddaughter. The neighbor himself was known as a drunken lout and storyteller of the first order. Anyway, his granddaughter was telling me about how he used to tell these crazy stories. And one day he swore up and down that aliens landed in his field and visited him in the middle of the night. I laughed and said, I think I would have seen that as our yard is connected to his field. She agreed, saying something like, you and your parents would have noticed a bunch of red, green and blue and white flashing lights in your backyard 10 years ago. To be clear, I am not saying I saw a UFO land near my house. I'm saying I have seen lights that match the description of the lights on the supposed spaceship reporting to have landed in my unreliable drunken neighbor's yard. And then there's the big myth of them all. Sasquatch, Bigfoot, whatever you call him. Do I believe he exists? Absolutely. Even though I consider myself a man who puts science before superstition. Why do I believe in him? Because when I was a child, I saw the footprints. My father even had a plaster cast of one. That was my first encounter. The prints were on the edge of a bed creek in a small ravine on a piece of wild property my father owned. We found them when surveying the property with a hunter friend. My father insisted it must be Bigfoot, to which the hunter scoffed and said a man could have made those prints. To demonstrate, this six foot six, 250 pound hunter climbed on a nearby log, took off his boots and jumped down into the semi-soft ground. His foot size was 12 and made about a half an inch indent into the earth next to the other print. The print was a hand longer than the hunters and at least one and a half inches down. It also had an odd big toe. It was splayed to the side, kind of like a thumb. My dad consulted Charlie for advice. Charlie told him to leave Sasquatch be and Sasquatch would leave us be. Charlie also told us how he knew when Sasquatch was nearby. Nothing else would be, and sometimes you could smell him. He said that if you could smell Sasquatch, it was time to get the hell out, because he was a hell of a lot closer than you wanted him to be. Anyway, as the years went by, we learned to just hike out of the woods if they got dead quiet and we didn't see any signs of other animals. Only twice do I think I smelt him. Both times it was a heavy, musty, almost mouldy odour, like old sweat 
or wet dog. The second time I was with a girlfriend. This was in my teen years, and I recalled something else that Charlie has said. Never go into Sasquatch territory with a woman who was on her period, because he could smell that and would track her, according to legend, to find a mate. It was the first time I ever asked a girl if she was on her period. She was. Needless to say, quite embarrassed to answer that it was that time of the month. That was when I told her we needed to leave, now, and we started out of the woods. We both swore we heard sticks breaking and branches rustling behind us the entire way out. And we both had that terrifying pit in your stomach you get when you know that something is watching you. Today was a day like any other day. I woke up at noon, got showered and dressed, cleaned out my room. My mom was out shopping, and my dad was up on some land we owned trying to clear out the brush. My younger sister was at school. Today, she had a choir concert, so I was searching for something nice to wear. Today felt unusually long. It's almost like I was anticipating something. I felt nervous, but peaceful. My mum came home, so we went for a walk with our dog and talked as usual. She told me shopping was lonely without me. I had a bad day yesterday, so she wanted to let me sleep. I put my arm around my mum and hugged her with a smile. We talked about my fears of college, which I'll be starting in August. We talked about things we're looking forward to during the holidays. We talked about things that make us sad, things that cheer us up, songs we like, old musicians, and how much Steven Tyler looks like Mick Jagger, and had a laugh about that. I couldn't seem to shake my feelings of anxiety. A few hours had passed, and my sister had come home. We were in her bedroom so that I could help her figure out what to wear. I finally found a pretty white top and a pair of silky dress pants. She got dressed and left for her concert. I felt stressed, so I decided to stay back to get a shower before I left. I was standing in the shower, warm water hitting my back and the steam relaxing my entire body. I was stepping out when I was suddenly filmed with an overwhelming sense of dread and worry. I felt dizzy and disoriented. I tried to shake the feeling, so I blow-dried my hair and put on my dress. I heard knocking at the front door, but I felt sheer terror. I didn't want to go downstairs, and I didn't want to answer the door. My dog started growling and barking and scratching the door. Hello? I need to use your phone. At this point, I was obligated. I ran down and opened the door. I left the storm door shut and locked it, so I was able to talk through the next scene. It was a girl of about 13 with long blonde hair, wearing a bright blue hoodie and torn jeans. Next to her was another little girl of about six or seven. She had short blonde hair and little above the shoulder length and was wearing a pink dress with flowers on it. 
Both were looking down, so I couldn't see their faces. Uh, hi. Can I help you girls? We need to use your phone. We're not from around here, and we lost our mother. She's worried. The older girl mumbled, still looking down. I felt compelled to let them in, but I wasn't willing to risk anything with that horrible feeling I had. I'd heard so many stories about the black-eyed kids, and researched into it a lot. These stories had made me terribly curious, and intrigued me greatly. I know too much about them to deny what's happening. You can use my cell phone, but you can't come in. We've been outside all day, ma'am. Please. We're cold. It was a warmer day. It was in the high fifties, Fahrenheit, compared to what it had been. I can't let you in. If you need to call your mom, I can let you use my cell. That's it. So I stepped out onto the porch, not knowing what to expect. I noticed the older girl get more tense, like she was starting to get angry. Please, mom. We are very tired, and have to call our mum. Her tone had gotten more aggressive. It was unsettling. Look at me. What? No. We need to use your phone. I said look at me. If I can't see you in the eyes, I won't let you in. They both looked up at me. They had large, dead black eyes. I felt as if my soul was being drawn into them. My heart sank. These were the things I'd read about. The soulless, violent children were standing in front of me. I felt so compelled to say yes. I almost felt guilty for being so aggressive in my response. But I knew what they were. I can't let my compassion overtake my common sense. What are you? I know those eyes. What are you children? What do you want? She said nothing. She tilted her head and stared directly at me in the eyes. It felt almost hypnotic. It's a feeling I can't really explain. They looked at each other and smiled. Ma'am, we're two girls who need to call their worried mother. Please, this is the last time I'll ask nicely. She kept that twisted smile on her face and just glared at me. I backed into the door, opened it, and slammed it in their face. I locked the door and walked through the house in a panic, making sure all the windows and doors were locked. I heard knocking on the window. I backed myself against a wall and peered over just enough where they couldn't see me. But I could see them. I crawled onto the floor to another room. They then came to that side of my house and began knocking on the windows of the room I was in. It's like they could see me, no matter how much I tried to hide. In a panic, I called the police. This is Carlisle's daughter. I need someone. There are some girls knocking on my windows and they won't go. I told them I can't let them in. Please come. I'm scared. My dad is good friends with a lot of the cops, so they know who I am by my father's name. My dog was still barking furiously. I'd honestly forgotten he was even there. His barking shook me back to reality. The cops soon arrived and told the girls to leave. They actually walked away. I wasn't sure what to make of that. I've never heard of them just walking away. 
Maybe they have their own fears, cops being one of them. The cops looked shocked when they first started talking to the girls, but eventually got them to leave. I realised I was really late to my sister's concert, and in a panic, grabbed my shoes and everything and drove over to the school. On a positive note, the concert was great. The Coralie sounded beautiful, and I was terrified to go home after. With reason, of course. I truly cannot make heads or tails of my experience. Let me tell you, though, if you ever run into these children, you'll regret answering the door. Whatever you do, don't look into their eyes. It's like they have some sort of hypnotizing power. You'll feel dizzy and sick. You'll never forget your run-in with these inhuman children. Four or five years ago, my friend and I decided to take her dog on a walk in the bush behind her house. We knew the area quite well. There was a creek which we crossed and explored into a new area. Up a hill and down a few old biking trails. The scenery changed quite suddenly. From the old spruce and pines came new growth of white poplar. It was quite eerie. Looking back on it though, although we didn't share it, it was obvious we were both extremely uneasy. It felt like there were eyes on us, which wouldn't be too strange as we were in a forest. There are tons of animals around. We didn't think much of it when her dog started going nuts, barking and growling. We thought it was just a squirrel, but we realized that that wasn't the case when we turned around. At the end of the trail, perhaps 90 feet away, was some lanky, tall, grey, skinned thing. I don't remember the face. All I know is that it was not an animal I had ever seen before. I know we ran, and I can't remember if it chased us. I don't know when we stopped either. It wasn't following us anymore if it had chased us. We made it home okay. I never spoke of it really after that. I never forgot and started to believe I had just dreamt it or made it up in my head. I asked my friend and she remembered the exact same thing as me minus the face. This happened on the outskirts of Prince George, British Columbia in the fall. Does anyone else have any information about a crawler in that area? I saw a demon 12 years ago. I had recently been arrested and had posted bail. I had thoughts of suicide, despair, hopelessness. I was asleep and woke up in the middle of the night. At the end of my bed was a beautiful woman with long red hair. She just stood there looking at me and her hair seemed to float around her as if she were in water. There was no noise, and I was speechless as to why such a beautiful woman was in bed with me. She smelled sweet. In a blink, her eyes went black, her hair disappeared, and her face sunk into itself, as if I were looking at a long dead person. The room smelled of earth 
electricity, and rotting wood. She jumped up and floated in my room. Then she screamed. The sound vibrated my toes and was so loud it was the sound of fear, of hate, and disgust. I, being a thirty-year-old male, hid under the sheets until the scream stopped. Then an earthquake hit. I live in Indiana, and there are never any earthquakes here. And she was gone. I started going to church regularly the next day, and have never stopped. I've never seen her again, and never felt an evil presence in that way either. I have never known fear like that, and I pray I never will again. Hand to God this happened. I keenly remember every minute of that event. This happened to me on the 27th of October this year. For some context, I'm a 19-year-old male who is currently working in Finnish military, as it is mandatory for everyone over 18 years old. In late October, our company had a shooting camp. Pretty average stuff. We go to a shooting area, train for a week doing different kinds of shooting exercises, and then return to the brigade. This one was no different. Except during this particular camp, we put few guardsmen to some major roads leading to the area to make sure no unauthorized people would enter the dangerous area. This guardsman job was actually a real blast, since if you were chosen to do it, you were put to a booth that had heating, a bunk, electricity, a fridge, and all other sorts of luxuries that other troops could only dream of while laying in their tents. Well, on Friday evening of the 27th, I almost couldn't contain my joy when I heard that I would be the one getting the last guardsman shift on the guard booth. I would guard the place from the moment I arrived there until the next morning, when someone would come and pick me up and we would leave. I got one battle buddy with me to do the booth, so we could do shifts allowing the other to sleep while the other guards. We arrive at the booth. It's late evening already, so me and my buddy just lay down our gear, heat up the booth and decide on our shifts. My buddy was to guard from 7 till 11, and I would continue to do it from 11 to 3, and then we would switch again and so on. I could have gone to sleep immediately, but I decided to keep my buddy company, since I didn't feel tired. We ended up chatting the whole four hours about life and stuff. You know, the usual thing young guys talk about. The time basically flew while we chatted, and no cars passed through the booth during the whole time. Finally, my buddy's shift ended, and my shift started. He said he was tired and went to sleep immediately, so I took my place as guardsman and continued alone. At this point, it would be wise to tell you a little bit about the place we were in. The shooting area itself was dozens of kilometers in diameter, and pretty secluded, so no civilians usually bothered to come, even if it were by accident. The booth itself was located about five kilometers from our campsite, so me and my buddy were pretty much isolated from everyone 
and everything. The only form of communication we had was a radio that we could use to contact the security major if something were to happen. The place we had to guard was an X-shaped junction, one road going from north to south and the other from west to east. Everything south of the booth was off limits to everyone who didn't have direct acceptance from the security major to enter, since it was dangerous because of the shootings and explosions that we practiced there. Now, back to my shift. The four hours I had to sit there in complete silence felt much longer than the four hours I had chatted with my friend, obviously. But I didn't complain. I actually quite enjoyed it. Looking at the snow-covered roads and forests lit dimly by one single street lamp and the crescent moon from the cloudless sky, it was literally a perfect night for ghosts and monsters. There was no wind, no sound at all, and no cars passing during my whole shift. I loved it. I've always liked being alone and loved silence. On top of that, I also liked everything creepy, so I kept myself entertained imagining all kinds of scary beings lurking in the forest beyond the reach of the streetlight. Not that I believed any of it though. But I had to admit that each time I stepped out of the booth, I got this feeling of being watched. You know, the one that makes your neck tingle and the hairs stand up on the back of your neck. I didn't mind it though. It was normal. I was a guardsman in the middle of nowhere, basically alone in the middle of the night. It was normal to be a little paranoid, though there would be nothing to fear in the forest. I've lived my whole life near them and know really well what lies within them and what does not. That's how I kept my imagination from running too wild. Hours passed and my shift was nearing its end. I looked at my phone and decided that soon would be time to wake up my buddy. But before doing that, I would go out and take a whiz. I didn't want to go to sleep and then wake up minutes later with the urge to pee. So that's what I did. I stepped out, walked behind the booth and started doing what I came to do. All was peaceful and I had already started to plan what I was going to do on my next vacation when I happened to lift my gaze from the ground and took a quick glance from my surroundings. As soon as I looked to my left, directly to the south of the booth, my heart skipped a beat and my stomach grew cold. Just a mere 20 to 30 meters away from me, in the forest, just barely lit by the streetlight, something was standing. It clearly looked human, but the sheer size of the thing assured me that it was not. The thing had to be at least three meters tall. It wasn't in any way strangely shaped. It looked perfectly human, but it was just huge. By the looks of it, it was wearing a long green robe-like clothing, like Sniper's ghillie suit. Its face was pale, but I could not make out any facial features. It was too far away for that, but I could tell that it was staring straight at me. 
and I was standing absolutely still. I didn't move a muscle, nor did I make the slightest sound. That in particular gives me the creeps for some reason. One curious detail that I also noticed was that it was crossing its arms over its chest so that its hands were clutching its shoulders. That's the best way I can describe what I saw. And usually when I tell people this story, they dismiss it. And I tell them what I saw. And then I show them the evidence. I took a photo of the creature I saw. I may have been scared out of my mind. But I was still a guardsman. And my duty was to document everything that happened. After I had recovered from my initial shock of seeing this thing, I just continued staring at it, while silently I finished taking a whiz. I looked at the creature the whole time I pulled my pants up, closed them, and thought of what I would do next. The obvious answer was to pull out my rifle and confront it, but my careless self had decided to leave it in the booth, together with my battle knife and axe. I was without a weapon, face to face against this towering behemoth for the humanoid. I weighed my options and decided to get the hell out of there, but not before I took that picture. After I had done that, I slowly turned around and walked to the booth. I sat in my chair, grabbed the axe and waited. Now you may ask why I didn't grab the assault rifle. The answer is because this isn't the USA. This is Finland. And even though we are in a military shooting camp, carrying ammo with you is prohibited, even for a guardsman. That's because here average citizens can't just carry a loaded gun with them wherever they please. So having ammo with us when the risk of running into a hostile armed person is really minimal, would just be another safety risk. Usually just the sight of a gun, let alone a assault rifle, is enough to scare violent people into calming down. But what I had seen was no human. It couldn't have been. So now I just sit in my booth holding my axe, ready to defend myself if the creature came. But it never did. The last couple of dozen minutes of my shift went absolutely silent. When my shift ended, I immediately woke up my buddy and told him what I'd seen. But apparently he was two days after he'd just woken up, that he really did not register what I had just told him. I, however, didn't care. The only thing I cared for was that I wouldn't set foot outside that booth again that night. And it was my turn to rest. So I laid down, heart still pounding from the stress, and tried to fall asleep. Needless to say, it was pretty difficult after what I had seen, but eventually I fell asleep, since it was quiet and peaceful again. Though my sleep didn't last long, I woke up before my next shift had even started, to the sound of footsteps coming from the outside of the booth. I thought that it must just be my friend carrying firewood from the outside, until I realised that he had fallen asleep in the front of the guard desk. There was someone, or something, outside the booth that didn't belong there. Someone 
that I feared I had seen earlier. I just laid there heart pounding. I was not going to stand to see what was on the outside. This went on for a minute until I heard a sudden howl. At first it sounded like the wind blowing through the cracks on the wall, but then I remembered there was no wind. This howl was long and high pitched, almost like a moan. It made my whole body freeze from terror. I had never been this scared in my life. After the howl ended, the footsteps continued for a while, until they faded too. Whatever had been on the outside was now finally gone. Hopefully. Against all odds, I managed to fall back asleep, and was awoken up in the morning by my friend, whose next shift had started. I immediately remembered what happened the last night, and told my friend. At first he didn't believe me but laughed a little, but his expression grew serious once I showed him the picture I took. When we went outside, and I showed him the place where I had taken the photo, he was quiet. While we stood there, I took a second photo for comparison. My friend then walked to the spot where the creature had stood, when I saw it. My friend was about 194 centimetres tall, and he came nowhere near close to the height of this thing, further proving to myself that I had not dreamt it at all. Sadly, I have no picture of my friend standing in the same spot. I didn't think of it at the time, and after that, I brought this case to the attention of my superiors and other friends, and they were all as confused as I was. No one seemed to be able to explain what I had seen. Someone suggested that it could be a prank pulled by the other troops. I thought about it, but refused the possibility. There was no way some guys would bother walking many kilometres into the dead of night just to scare some random guardsmen. Besides, even if they did, why would they be standing south of the booth, where it was forbidden for anyone to enter? If I wanted to scare the guardsmen, I would go to the north side of the booth, where I would be detected eventually for sure. But the fact that confirms that it couldn't have been some random troops playing a prank was the sheer size of it. Even two people standing on top of each other could hardly match the scale of this thing, let alone stay so still. And then there were the footsteps and the howl. To this day, I have no idea what I saw and heard that night. Was it some troop playing a prank? Some abnormally huge civilian having a long night walk in the middle of nature? Or something that science cannot explain? Before this event, I've always been a bit of a skeptic when it came to the paranormal. I'd like to believe, but it's hard without any concrete evidence. But now, when I had seen something myself, and even got proof of it, I don't know what to believe anymore. So, the Grok of Wansaka, whatever you may have been, I hope I someday find the truth about you. Stories of the Alaskan Bushmen, or Tornets, have been told since the first humans crossed the Burring Land Bridge. In the beginning, the story goes the Inuit and Tornids lived peacefully 
in villages near each other and shared common hunting ground. The Inuit people often built and used kayaks for hunting, while the Tornids were unable to master the building of kayaks. They were very aware of the advantages of having and using one. One story goes that a young Tornid borrowed a young Inuit's kayak without permission and damaged the bottom of it. The young Inuit became very angry and stabbed the Tornit in the nape of the neck while he was sleeping, killing him. The rest of the Tornits feared that they too would be killed by the Inuit and fled the country, rarely to be seen again. Since that time, many stories have come out of the bush of hunters disappearing, later found dead and mangled or never seen again. Apparently, Hunters and the Tornids no longer peacefully shared common ground. Every spring, my family and the Panillo clan, a Hawaiian family we were very close to, would pack up and head to Willow for a week to fish for salmon in the Deshka and Little Sustina rivers. One particularly rainy and cold spring, my father, brother and I, were pulling in salmon after salmon, when a nasty, skunky, musty smell floated towards us. It suddenly dawned on me that most of the other fishing families had quietly and quickly disappeared. Mr. Panillo always fished with a shotgun by his side. My own father was always armed with a Colt .45, and now he unsnapped the holster and quietly told us to reel in our gear and pack up. Since we'd only been fishing for about an hour, and it wasn't anywhere near dark, all of us kids were a little bit confused. But knowing not to question our dads when they gave us an order, we did as we were told. I whispered to my dad asking what was wrong. He whispered back, bear. But I wasn't so sure. I had never smelled a bear like that. As we were crossing over the railroad bridge, I remember looking at some trees that had been uprooted and then stuck in the ground upside down. I often wondered why and how someone could do that. I learned many years later that it was a telltale sign of Bigfoot territory. I guess I'll never know if it was a bear or a Bigfoot that displaced us all from fishing that evening. But I do know that it was the last time our families ever fished that river. It was also the first and only time all the kids got to sleep, or at least tried to, in the camp trailer instead of the tents. About ten years ago, though I remember this like it were yesterday, I was visiting San Francisco with a couple of friends. We were staying in the attic of my friend's son in the Castro. It was somewhat late at night, maybe 10pm, and we were just chilling in the attic, three of us. Lights dimmed, so my friend was texting someone on her phone, and every time her phone lit up, a demonic figure would appear behind her, clear as day, almost hovering or hunched over her. He was standing right at me with a huge smile. 
Sometimes he was laughing, but there was no sound. I interpreted him as evil based on general appearance and demeanour. He was mocking me, mocking my fear. Our eyes were locked, and I was in complete disbelief. When her phone dimmed, he vanished. When it lit back up, there he was. I was completely terrified yet silent. I kept expecting him to disappear, and for me to realise it was an illusion. But that never happened. I had to finally break the eye contact to tell my friend about him. She freaked out, stood up, and started crying, and proceeded to call her parents, who then prayed on speakerphone in the room. Appearance. Almost just like a middle-aged man, but painted red. Weird, I know, but he was glistening a bright red colour. He was bald, and had a very stereotypical demonic appearance. His laugh was extremely creepy, but again, inaudible. I can't believe not only that it happened, but that I've gone so long without digging deeper for answers. Recently, the topic of ghost sightings came up, and I told this story, only to realise I've never come to terms with it. I'm very eager to hear people's perspectives, and also, I'm a little afraid if I can summon him back if I think too much about him. Okay, so my first story is actually my friend's story. During the time these things took place, we were all high school students. This is all happening in Florida, by the way. I already knew about skimwalkers and the like, but when these things happened to me, I wasn't sure if it really was a skimwalker or something else. I've noticed that most of the people who tell me they've experienced the same phenomenon live in the area that I do, and my friend is no exception. My friend is called Jay, and lives about 10 minutes away from me. She told me that in her bus, there's this one area they drive by to drop this kid off. She said she doesn't know why, but it gives her the creeps. Well, she told me that one early morning, so it was still dark outside, when they were driving in that area to pick him up, all the kids in the bus and the driver saw this weird-ass deer running along the bus. It didn't run away from the bus, but ran beside it. She said it looked weird as hell. You all know the usual stuff, it looking like some humanoid deer because it just didn't look right. Like its limbs were bent in an awkward way and she said its eyes were freaky. The thing is, my friend didn't know Jack about skimwalkers or any of that mumbo jumbo, so I basically got the chills. I tried being reasonable, because I thought that perhaps she'd just seen a regular deer, and since it was dark, there was a possibility that she got confused. Besides, it's Florida. I don't think we're even supposed to get that kind of stuff down here. However, Jay swore up and down that it wasn't like a normal deer. She said that they all saw it, and the bus driver even slowed down to get a better look, because everyone was weirded out by it, and it was basically pandemonium. After a while, it ran off and disappeared. Jay 
couldn't have made something like this up. Because like I said, before she doesn't even know anything about Skinwalkers or the Goatman or whatever it could be. So anyway, I got freaked out here because I am knowing about these things. And my friend is clueless, thinking she's just telling a regular story about some freaky deer demon. So I ask her, do you know what Skinwalkers are? And she looked at me and said, what is that? I googled them and showed her the description and she goes, yeah, that's what I saw, except it had the head of a deer. She kept on saying it didn't look like an animal or a human. That after a while, the kid from that bus stop didn't come back. Although that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with this. Unless you want to go wild with what might have happened to him. So we were freaking out together. Because what she said reminded me a lot about what I heard one night. About it not being animal or human. See, a couple of years before she told me this story, I found myself one night in the backyard, like really early, perhaps three in the morning or so, because I was thinking about things due to personal reasons. I was just kind of chilling and enjoying the silence, when all of a sudden, I hear this really freaky ass echoing scream from really far away. The only way I can describe it is as if a woman and a cat were trapped together inside of a bag and screaming like they were about to get murdered. I know mountain lions, foxes and owls can make the weirdest mating call sounds and I've looked this stuff up trying to debunk it myself but it just didn't sound anything like those things. You usually would be able to tell if it's an animal, right? It's just common sense. Like my friends said before, that didn't sound animal or human. It sounded unnatural and weird. Now me being me, I was pretty unfazed at first. A little concerned, yeah. But at first it was really too far away and I just assumed it was a woman. And I actually thought that they were killing people in the streets at three in the morning. The thing is, that thing traveled fast. It was freaky as hell and the closer it got, the more weird and unnatural it sounded. It only took me a couple of seconds to realize that this was no woman and that it was no cat. Because while this was going down, I was going through in my head, what the hell is that? This thing went from sounding like it was a couple of miles away to being in my damn neighborhood in under five seconds. It was weird because one second it was so far and the next it was right on my street. I almost soiled myself. The second I stood up to leave, the scream had just stopped. Like it just dead ass stopped. And I'm really thinking at this point it's in front of my house. So I walked as calmly as possible back inside, locked the doors, and the scream was back to being far away again. Weird as hell. I've also heard scraping and tapping on my windows some nights, usually around the same time. I'd say two to four o'clock in the morning, and I've seen dark figures that weren't affected by light outside of my house. To add detail to these things so that you can get a feel for it. Basically, what happened 
is that I was doing a project for class, and since I procrastinate like a pro, I'm up till 2am. I go to wash my hands from all the graphite, and as the water is running, I hear scraping against one of the bathroom doors that leads to the backyard. Now, most of the door is made up of these glass panels that kind of make everything look like a bunch of blurry gloops if you try and look out of it. And for a split second, I thought I noticed something pointy and ash grey scraping against the window. It almost looked ghost-like. I turned off the water and waited a little bit, and it comes back to scraping against the window again. I'm trying not to freak out, but my hands are shaking. It's stupid, but I actually whispered, what are you doing? While my voice trembled. It stopped, and I didn't hear anything except what sounded like someone walking by the window in my room every now and then. It continued that way for some nights too. Off and on, I would hear footsteps by my window, and even a tap or two some nights as well. Sometimes I just ignored them, and other times I look out to see if someone was there, but there never was anyone. Another night, I had been outside in my backyard again, after having a rough day. It was maybe three or so in the morning, and I'm sitting outside on the trampoline just relaxing. I suddenly notice it's like absolutely quiet, like the kind of uneasy silence that almost feels like a vacuum. I get this kind of dread like I'm being watched, and I snap my head to my left and catch a glimpse of a humanoid, dark figure ducking under the other side of my fence immediately. I'm a little freaked out, because I noticed this thing was pure black. Like, the streetlight nearby didn't hit it at all. Almost like it looked cartoony, if that makes sense. Because it was like the law of physics didn't need to apply for this thing. See, the reason I'm ranting about this stuff is because I told both of my friends and my own story in my psychology class at the same school. A lot of these kids live around my area, I mean about 5 to 15 minutes away max, and they all started screaming at the entire class, and they all went crazy. When I finished, because apparently they've all experienced similar things. One girl told me that she also heard tapping on her window at night, and heard screaming. It freaked me out, because she explained it in the same way I did. She said it sounded like a woman or a cat, but not really like either. Another one of my friends who lives really close told me she saw dark figures in the woods and heard the screaming too. Pretty much everyone has heard the screaming. It sounded the same. That's the thing. In completely different time frames. That's what's weird. Because everyone's voice sounds different. So how could she be describing the same thing I did? You all know, like if people were really killing each other out there. None of us thought it was an animal either. We all agreed from that point on that our town was haunted as hell. But I don't know. I mean, if there are any animals out there that sound like that, I want to know. Because that didn't sound like anything I'd heard before. So I want to be enlightened. The only person I've ever heard 
who's seen anything remotely specific is the first friend from art who went on the bus and apparently it's like really bad to talk about skinwalkers and even worse if you see them. It's like bad mojo. Those things are said to be able to travel very quickly. So thinking about that made it seem like what we experienced was a skinwalker. But to be honest, I hope there's a logical explanation that I'm not aware of. Today, I asked my co-worker, who was also a friend in high school and lives nearby too. He got all spooked and said that he's seen and heard the same things. He's very spiritual and often has visions. He told me that he believes they're doing dark magic in the woods because of a dream that he had about some hooded figures sacrificing a woman and a cat or something like that, which is freaky because it also turns out that behind our local park, there's a patch of woods, which is very shifty. I was shown this by an acquaintance during my freshman year who lives a couple of streets the way. Down the path in the woods after some walking, there's this huge cross smack dab in the middle of the woods. It's basically raw, crooked, nailed together into a cross, with rope hanging from where you put your hands if you were getting crucified. It's huge too, and whenever I decide to check it out I always feel uneasy. Like this feeling that if I stay for too long, something bad will happen. It doesn't look like a grave, to be honest, but who knows? Anyway, he says I'm not the first person that he knows who's told him about experiencing these things. He also had his own experiences with humanoid figures. He says he once saw one and that it turned and looked at him directly in the eye as if it immediately knew he was looking at it. So basically, we no longer mess around in the woods. This experience takes place about four years ago at my parents' house. The house has a fairly long driveway that goes down to the mailbox. We live in a wooded area with a forest on both sides of the house and behind as well. On top of that, we live on a dead end road with only a few houses, so it's quiet, dark, and isolated at night. It was about 10 at night when I was on my way down to get the mail. A few months before this, my mum had told me about strange sounds she heard in the woods behind the house early one morning. She said that she was taking the dog out to go to the bathroom, and she heard what she described as a hooting sound like a monkey in the woods. My mom is one of the most level-headed and down-to-earth people I've ever met. She does not believe in anything paranormal, but she told me that she immediately thought of Bigfoot and it freaked her out. So fast forward, back to the night of getting to the mail. I get to the end of the driveway and I hear this sound coming back from the woods down the road and it's something I've never heard. I have lived here my entire life, and I have heard everything that lives in these woods. But this was something that I have no comparison for, except a howler monkey with a deep voice. It made a kind of ooh and ah sound, like it was hooting, that increased in volume and intensity with every hoot. 
It reminded me of the primate house at the zoo. I immediately thought of my mother's experience and hauled ass back towards the house. Right before heading inside, I paused again, listening to see if I could hear it. And I heard the same sound in the woods right in front of me about 20 feet in. I can't tell you how much of a chill went down my spine. Whatever it was had followed me through the woods without making a sound. I ran inside to get my brother, who believes in the paranormal, but is skeptical of most stories. I told him to get out here, and that he needed to hear this. You just have to hear it. He rolled his eyes and followed me out. So my brother and I stood in the front of the house, listening to this thing hoot and yell in the woods in front of us. Suddenly, another one answered from across the yard in the woods on the other side of the house, and the trees began shaking in the exact same area. I can't express to you the size of these things just by listening to them. They sounded huge, and the one behind the house was violently shaking the trees. My brother is very stoic and not easily impressed, and he stood there silently with me listening to these two things shouting at each other in the woods, and after several minutes, he quietly said, What is that? I whispered back, I have no idea. My mum later told me that she said it scared the crap out of him. That's the only time I've ever heard this sound. Which, to me, gives it more weight as a strange experience. I've had people try and tell me that I heard two owls. I've lived in the woods my entire life, and I've heard owls many times. This was not an owl. I used to enjoy going for early morning walks as the sun came up. I don't do that anymore. A couple of days ago, my grandma told me a story that happened to her. When she was around eight, she lived in a small house with her sisters and parents. It was in the middle of a large field, and it had trees surrounding it towards the back. There was only a narrow dirt road that connected them to the outside world. One night in May of 1964, she and her sisters had went to sleep for the night. She woke about two hours after she fell asleep and got the horrible feeling that she was being watched. They had a small window six feet up on their wall in the room. She turned and looked at it and saw two glowing eyes. She got really scared, so she woke up one of her sisters. Her sister began to freak out and she hid under the blanket. They sat there until the eyes left the window. The next day, they told their mother about the incident, and she didn't believe them. That was until they investigated the outside. There were enormous footprints leading to the window, and then back out into the woods. From that point on, my grandmother and her sister were not allowed to play near the woods. A couple of months later, they heard from a neighbour who lived about seven miles away. He said he lost a couple of cows. He had no idea where they went. There was no blood or body, and the fence was undamaged. It was almost like something had just carried them away. After she told me about this story, 
I think she may have had a Bigfoot encounter. I've heard stories of black-eyed kids over recent years. Some of them are just downright creepy. I'm a sensitive. I do my best to be aware and focused. So when slash if I'm in danger, or loved ones are in danger, my intuition goes on red alert. With that being said, I'd like to share something interesting. During the most recent New Year's Eve, my son, myself, and my fiancé had a quiet night at home. We watched movies, made dinner, and my son went to bed fairly early, since he was only five. No wild party. We were marathoning watching Netflix, while laughing and chatting in the master bedroom, well after midnight. At which point there was a confident, yet creepy, solid knock at our front door. We live in the country. It's a bit more remote, and all of our neighbours were friendly enough. But they wouldn't have knocked that late, as it would be perceived as rude. Our jeep was parked in the garage, so it wouldn't be related to a car having the lights on or anything. I'm listening to this, because that happened once. The keys to the jeep in the house were securely hung in place. The fun time we were having quickly shifted to an odd feeling of confusion, coupled with unusual terror. It was really odd. We aren't fearful people. We simultaneously checked our smartphones for anyone stopping by and announced nothing, except a few well wishes from friends due to it being New Year's Eve and all. I got up to stretch, and my fiancé made sure I wasn't about to answer the door. Hell no, I said. We laughed uncomfortably. I joked with him saying, Cause you're gonna do it. I teased him. He scowled and smiled, knowing full well he would have to normally. Why were we so on edge? We both remarked how odd we felt about the knocking, and the late hour. In fact, we didn't budge from the master bedroom. Neither of us felt good about checking the door, and figured whomever it was had the wrong house. Then another knock. We were getting agitated, and that strange feeling of terror was back, strong as ever. I've never felt that way about someone knocking on the door before, nor have I not felt safe to answer. It was really odd. I'll paint a more clear picture. Good neighbourhood. Our front porch light bulb needed to be replaced, so it was dark as hell out there. I thought it was really weird that someone would be standing out there in the complete pitch black darkness for three minutes knocking like that. I mentioned this to my fiancé. The peephole would give us away if we stole a look, since lights were on throughout the house. We didn't dare check. Why? That senseless feeling of fear was disabling. It made it so two grown very capable at defending themselves adults were essentially cowering in fear after two knocks at the front door late at night. What gives? It took about a half hour, but I eventually felt a lot better. No longer afraid, 
and felt that whoever it was had left. I checked the front of the house through the kitchen window. No cars, no neighbours, no parties. Just the calm sound of crickets. I proceeded to open the front door after listening to make absolutely certain that no one would surprise me. Like a drunk ex-boyfriend passed out on the porch or something equally hilarious. Satisfied, I opened the front door. It was quiet. In fact, it was too quiet. No sound at all. That's odd. I had a feeling instantly of being watched. From where? Who? What? I got the chills and shut the door, then armed the alarm system. I thought to myself that if they came back, we can call to report suspicious activity to the police. However, it then occurred to me that we wouldn't get through. It was New Year's Eve after all. Awesome, right? Even to me, it sounds like I'm overly paranoid and getting spooked for no reason. I would think the same had it not happened to me. When the second knock took place for a split second, I thought, oh crap, what if, regarding the Black Eyed Kids stories I'd read. Mainly it was the remarkable senseless fear we felt that tipped me off. My son slept through it. No, I didn't share this epiphany with my fiancé at that moment. We were too terrified to make any noise. He's legitimately a sceptic. He doesn't know anything about the BEK, and I wasn't about to go into it at the time. He shared there was no way in hell he was answering the door, and I thought his reaction was odd, especially since he didn't know any of the stories. During this ordeal, the doorbell wasn't used at all. What's strange is that the only light in the porch area would have been the illuminated button of the front doorbell. Why wasn't the doorbell pushed? There's no porch light out there. It had burnt out. It was at a height which needed a ladder to be reached. During the busy holidays, we hadn't gotten around to replace the bulb yet. It was on our to-do list of things. It was moved to the top of the list after this experience. It was super late at night, and I've lived here for eight years. As an example, the only time our door was ever knocked on super late at night was a friendly neighbour letting us know, and this was months ago, that I had left my truck door open when we had unloaded groceries. He announced himself as he was knocking, saying who he was and why before we even reached the door. We were grateful for his concern, and that this was the only time it happened. It's a good neighbourhood after all. What's interesting is that with my previous knowledge of the Black Eyed Kids, that occurred to me during this experience, so I stayed put. There was no way I was going to check out who was there, just to be certain. It's more important to express that the immense fear I felt was paralyzing. I truly feel for anyone who has the displeasure of experiencing a black-eyed kid. If that isn't what was on the porch, then it was something equally as terrible. It's also important to share this tidbit. I'm not a person who's normally fearful of much. Honestly, there is danger in just about everything. 
However, that doesn't stop me from my daily adventures, and I'd rather enjoy life than live in fear. I'm a streetwise female who is always aware of her surroundings, as well as a survivor of a home invasion as well. Interestingly enough, when someone tried to rob me years prior, they were discovered in my kitchen when I was getting a quick glass of water before bed. We hadn't even been home for two minutes. I kept a breeder in the fridge to keep cold filtered water. When I opened the fridge, the light illuminated the kitchen well enough so that I could see the man standing on the kitchen corner. As unnerving as that was, I wasn't afraid. Fight kicked in versus flight. All I did was look straight at the man and say, Get out. I walked towards him with purpose, and he fled. I wasn't harmed. He ran from the house. My then boyfriend, back then it was someone I dated a few years ago, was amazed at my bravery. I've been trained in self-defense, have taken martial arts for years. So there you have it. Sometimes people fall on hard times and take desperate measures to rob others. And that basically was someone looking to rob a house that they thought was empty. I surprised them, and they fled. With this experience that I've described, my instincts were going nuts. It was so terrifying that I wanted to share this with the community, as a helpful way to warn others. If you have someone or something knocking late at night, and it's followed by a similar feeling of overwhelming dread, simply trust yourself. Do not go near the door. Nor could I no matter what. That dreadful feeling was so pronounced, our instincts are there to keep us safe. So trust that feeling. It's there to keep you safe. Don't second guess yourself. We have since installed a security camera and restored the porch light. My family owns a decent sized horse boarding facility. And when we first had it going, we used to do bed checks as a family. Bed check is just making sure all the lights and fans were off, as well as looking at the horses for injuries, and if they had blankets during the winter. We had just got back from eating out, and it was a moonless night during fall. As we stepped out of the truck, this large, light grey mass stood up and took off looping towards our pastures. It was about the size of a single cab pickup truck. It made no noise other than hitting the ground as it ran. The only other proof that it was real to us was the horses that were turned out that night screamed and stamped across the pasture it had jumped into. We did a double count of all the horses that night and not a single one was missing. I still have yet to see it again, and I hope I never do, or at least that there is some explanation for it. This is not satire. I'm not looking for your fake online attention or internet points, nor would I waste my time. I believe that there is something supernatural happening to me. Either that or I'm developing schizophrenia. Let me go back to the start. About 10 years ago, I was in a very dark place. I was becoming 
a sociopath. Yada yada, crappy childhood. Anyway, I never believed in God. Or at the least, the stereotypical man in the sky with a beard. Obviously, whatever God is, it's far more powerful and far smarter than some petty, angry God who actually cares about the clothes that people wear and who they sleep with. But there was a divine power that has always been indisputable. Anyway, I hated everyone, myself most of all. I don't remember it exactly, but at some point I found myself praying to the divine that I would do anything to not be me. And not in a good way. As I said, I was in a very dark place. The divine I was praying to was not loving. I wanted power more than anything. And as insane as this sounds, I felt energy go through me. Like goosebumps, but on the inside. Not adrenaline either. It's completely different. Ever since then, I've been able to temporarily make this feeling flow through my body. But I have to go to a dark place or to meditate. That's not the interesting part. This started about four years ago. I had matured quite a bit since then, and I was not nearly as dark and unhappy as I used to be. And very occasionally used mushrooms, LSD, and DMT. All in less than ten times for everything. I was living with my grandparents at the time, and they are your stereotypical Christian old-school grandparents. I was smoking a bowl at my house while my grandparents were at work. They never came home before five. It was somewhere around noon, when I was smoking, that I heard a loud bang coming from my shed. I understood immediately that I needed to stop and go inside. So, I did. Not one minute later, my grandmother pulled in, because she had forgotten her phone. Ever since then, occurrences just like this happened to me. One time I needed a Ziploc bag, and when I opened my door to my room, there was a Ziploc bag right on the ground in front of it. Now, whenever I'm about to make a bad decision, I can hear certain noises. Not noises in my head. But if there's a sharp cracking noise to my right side, such as a water bottle crinking, or a pen rolling to hit the floor, just any high-pitched noise, I know the decision that I'm about to make is not a good one. If I hear a train before I make a decision, it's always every single time has led to a positive outcome. Sometimes I'll wish for something to happen when I'm stressed out. For instance, I was doing landscaping for my uncle, and I was basically just shoveling gravel into a wheelbarrow and moving it for eight hours for three days. Yes, I was being a little brat about it. I just begged for anything to happen to me so that I could get out of it. Thirty minutes later, my father arrived and told me my other uncle had overdosed on heroin and that we were leaving to go see everyone. I've even started seeing figures out of the corner of my eye. Sometimes I'll see a tracer or experience microplasia. I've experienced a green flash. I get random visions of an eyeball when I close my eyes sometimes. I once woke up at about 3am and was seeing visions of my cat. I could feel it outside the room. 
wanting in. My cat was sitting right there waiting for me when I opened the door. These occurrences happen frequently now. Maybe because I've learned to see the signs, or maybe because I'm slowly losing my mind. All of this could be coincidence. All of it could be in my head. But I don't think so. I feel like it's a demon, but not in a bad way. I'm not afraid of it. I've tried to talk to it, but I always lose focus when I try. I do hear something speak to me when I focus and try, but never more than a few seconds. Even when I meditate and clear my mind, it's the same story. Did I summon a demon when I was younger? I offered my soul for power. That seems like a pretty bad idea to me looking back now. Any advice, any experts, anything like that would be much appreciated. I've never shared this story with anyone, besides the people that were with me that night, and my best friend that claims to have seen him at a different date that I didn't know about until I described my experience to him. I lived in a small town called Bastrop in Louisiana, with my cousin and his wife. There's not much to do in Morehouse Parish besides drive back roads, like we've done thousands of times before. Then one night, in 2015, we were leaving a church that we used to clean at around 2am or so. We were in my cousin's 1990 GMC Sierra single cab 4x4. We decided to ride back roads. So as we're cruising, we're talking and listening to Nirvana. But anyway, his wife was asleep in the middle seat when we turned onto a paved road, five miles or so outside of town, and come around a curb. And there it was, something we'd never seen before. I'm an avid hunter and had been in the woods all hours of the day and night. I was also in the army but had never been more freaked out by something than what I had witnessed. There was something dead in the road, and something was eating it when the headlights hit it. It looked up, and was about two and a half to three feet tall, like it was kneeling over whatever it was eating. It had red eyes, and stood up so fast it seemed like a millisecond. It was about seven to eight feet tall, pitch black, and its skin looked like a bat skin, but was darker. And in one fell swoop, it leapt, and its wings opened up and flew into the woods on the side of the road that it had been moving over at 50 miles an hour. It was the wildest experience of my life, and I've always been cynical when it comes to the paranormal, but I know what I saw that night, and so does my cousin. So I had decided to go out looking for some mushrooms, the edible kind. I was probably about 20 miles on a back road, which is just a dirt road marked as a trail XYZ here. I found an out of the way spot to park my vehicle, where I know some good mushroom hunting can be found. After a little searching in a ravine, I found a good spot and set up a tent 
and built a basic campfire. I was out there two days before the incident. On the third morning, I got up to nature's call and walked off a bit to relieve myself. It was still pretty early, dawnish. I about tripped on this rock, and it was huge. I didn't remember seeing it there when I went to set up camp. I got an odd feeling, because there were similar sized rocks all touching each other. The reptile part of my brain was screaming. So I went and got my flashlight to check out these rocks. They formed, as far as I could tell, a perfect circle around my campsite. From memory, I'd say it was about a 15 to 20 foot diameter ring. I paced it off. The thing is, I could barely make these rocks budge. Sure, I could lift one, maybe just a few inches, but move them? No. They were about knee high. Some of them had to be in over a hundred meter range. In a moment of crystal clarity, I realized that if crap hit the fan, my vehicle would be found, but I wouldn't be. I don't think I've broken camp quite so quickly. I didn't even get the few mushrooms I had collected. I figured it would be better to leave them for whatever left me the ring of stones. I was such deeply troubled by this that I have not spent one night in the woods in the five or so years since this happened. A lot of people think I'm making this up, but it happened. I have my theories as to what it was. One, I can't talk about, because it has to do with Native American beliefs, of which I am one. But the other I will. As far as I know, Sasquatch has never been sighted in my area. I mean, we have the Fouquet monster. But that's a couple of hours south of me. I've heard some stories when I was younger, around the hunting campfire, that there is something big living in the mountainous parts of Arkansas. These were old men telling the story 20 years ago. They say in turn that they saw the creature or heard them in their youth. One even talked about hearing roaring around his hunting cabin and a loud crash. The next day, most of the young trees had been splintered or pulled up, so I 100% believe that there is something out there. It must have been 20 years ago, when my brother-in-law saw what we can only describe as a lizard or reptile man. This happened in the mountain towns of Xochimilco, Mexico City. I remember it was the time when he was still dating my sister. And one night after hanging out with her at our place, he went back home. I recall it was a few minutes past 11 and he used to drive a Volkswagen Beetle. And that night, he headed uphill for San Francisco where he lived. He had to take a road surrounded by trees, pine trees. To his left side was the hill and he told us that when he got around the curve, he reached a dark, rocky place. The rocks were huge and it was pitch black. He was driving very fast, as he was used to, and so he turned on his high beam headlights. After doing it, he could see some movement from the corner of his eye, and within a few seconds, 
right in front of him, he saw a huge creature crossing the road in just two steps, which immediately reached the other side of the road, where a tall wall made out of stone was built. He couldn't say if the creature went through the wall, jumped over it, or went down some kind of ditch, but the animal disappeared. He only remembers that it was pretty tall with a humanoid form. Two arms, two legs, a head, but had a tail. He said that if it had been someone in a costume, he would have dragged his tail. But he recalls that it never touched the ground. Instead of a mouth, it had a turtle-like beak. And since he had his high beams on, he could see it very clearly and described the skin as greyish. I used to make fun of him for saying he'd been smoking too much weed or something, but later on, we found out that other people living nearby had also seen it. That was just about the time when two of my dogs went missing. One day one of them got lost while we were walking in those woods. He was walking ahead of me, and went out of sight while running downhill. I heard him whimper once and never saw him again. When I heard it, I ran to the place I thought he had gone to, but I couldn't find him. There were houses down the hill where some dogs lived, but I never heard them bark or anything had passed by. I looked for him everywhere on several occasions. He wasn't hit by a car, and I have no clue what happened to that dog. Those were the times when we had no idea why the army used to go up into the mountains very frequently and wouldn't let anyone else in. They were supposedly training and a lot of soldiers camped there. And every week, new soldiers would arrive to replace the ones from the past week. We thought it was a strange coincidence. And so that's what happened. A lot of people have claimed to seeing this creature, although I never saw it. Nonetheless, whenever I went into the hills, I had this strange and weird feeling of being watched. This is coming from someone I know. A few years back, he was on his deathbed in the hospital. He had cat scratch fever, but one of those rare cases of it, so he said. He was praying out to God to save him from death because he had been told he had just a few days left to live, and he said that he felt like God wasn't going to answer his prayers. So he said, I don't care who saves me, but I want someone to. Then this lady in a black dress with a crow on her shoulder suddenly appeared at the foot of the hospital bed. He said he knew right away that she was a demon. She told him that she would save slash heal him, if he would believe in her, and he said he would. He then described that she came to the side of his bed, reached into his chest, and he said he felt her grab his heart and squeeze it for a few seconds, as binding pain covered him, and then she disappeared. When the doctors came to check back in on him, they found him fully recovered. He says that he sees this demon every Halloween, and that she sometimes is surrounded by dogs, either standing besides or in front of her. I don't have any more information about that, 
I've tried looking it up, but haven't found anything. I live 25 minutes south of Boston. About six months ago, I saw this insane thing. It was about 3am. I had been up late, as I normally am. I stepped outside to smoke a cigarette. It was dark as hell, except for the stars and full moon. As I was smoking, I heard this noise of something flying. I look up and see this winged creature land on my neighbor's roof and just sit there like a gargoyle would. I thought I was seeing stuff or seeing something wrong. But then the creature jumped up and flew away, and I could see its whole body. It was the size of a small human, but massive wings. It reminded me of a gargoyle. I don't know what the hell it was, but it was crazy. If anyone has ever seen anything like this, I'd love to hear your story. Ever since I was a kid, I was prone to seeing things. Ghosts. Some unexplainable creatures. I sleepwalk and say some confusing weird things. My mother has noticed it a lot, and my friends have mentioned it many times. I am super empathetic and can feel energy. It affects me a lot. So I've been seeing this humanish creature in my dreams. He is extremely tall, well-dressed, and terrifyingly handsome. His eyes are some unnatural colour, and frankly, as soon as I wake up, I forget his face. A few months ago, I started seeing him outside my dreams. I woke up at 3 or 4am for no reason, and start seeing him either standing near the end of my bed or on my mirror. He just stares at me, and then he walks out or disappears and the place where he usually stands feels cold all the damn time. It keeps happening. I wouldn't say I'm extremely scared, curious even. His energy feels inviting, yet terrifying. Well, last night I saw him again. My mother was sleeping in my room. He was standing near the mirror once more. I got up, put on my robe, and walked up to him. He is extremely tall. I could barely reach his shoulder at five at seven. I tried to touch him, and he reached out his hand and I blacked out and woke up in my bed. I figured it was just a crazy dream. But then my mother mentioned how I was murmuring about a man standing near the mirror, and heard me get up while she was half asleep. I'm not on any medication or hallucinogenic drugs. I don't drink often and consider my mental health to be relatively healthy. Except for the occasional panic attacks. Am I going insane? Is it a demon? A ghost? How can I contact it? I am not making this up. Frankly speaking, I wish I was. I am just very confused, and would appreciate some proper answers. I used to have this recurring nightmare about this lizard man type monster, who could see what I could see out of my eyes. So I'd run and hide, 
and he wouldn't know where I was. But then as soon as I peeked to see if I was safe, he would know. So I'd have to leave that spot and go find somewhere else, and it would happen over and over again. A literal nightmare. But here is the real spooky part. I once mentioned the lizard man to my dad, and he got super white in the face, and his voice was all shaky and just said, this dream took place at our house in East St. Paul, the one with the apartments right behind it. And I said, yeah, that's where I'd always go and hide. How did you know? And he said, because I have the exact same dream. And I don't know if it was just the way he said it, or just the overall situation of both, but I still get goosebumps thinking about it. It's quite chilling. This is a story passed down to me from my late father. He was an avid storyteller, and often told this story when he was drunk, but never when he was sober. This happened to him when he was a young lad, maybe 40 years ago now. He and his girlfriend at the time had gotten into a huge fight and broken up. His friend Jack told him the only way to console him would be to have a night around the campfire in the woods. On their way there, Jack drove my father into the woods and parked at a spot where no one else was stationed. They took their gear in through the darkness and found a spot about 20 minutes away from where they'd left the car. It was quiet and a peaceful night, with the moon shining brightly over their heads illuminating the canopy of trees above them and the foliage beneath them. Their spot was quite bare, perfect to start a campfire and to set up their tent. They whipped out the beers and started drinking and having general merry conversation. My father confided in Jack all the things that happened to deteriorate the relationship and as a 20-year-old man, he was quite upset. Jack did his best to reassure him, and as the beers kept flowing in, the night seemed to get better, and the thoughts of this girl breaking my father's heart were slowly being washed away by the alcohol. I believe my father said he was around on his fifth beer, although truth be told, he usually does lose count. He said that something was off. That whole evening, they'd been happy by the roaring fire, eating their snacks, drinking their alcohol, with the pleasant little buzz of the forest in the background, the chirps, the noises, the general background hum made from everything in the forest. It was almost like the sound had been turned off. One moment it was there, and the next, it was just their voices and the crackling of the fire. It got very creepy, and it seemed as though the world was slightly darker again. They looked around and didn't see anything. There was no cause for concern, not anything immediately apparent anyway. So they sat there, just seeing their surroundings. Like I said, 
The moonlight gave plenty of illumination, so they could very clearly see what was around them, but saw nothing. Why did all the sounds stop, they wondered. They sat there in silence for a little bit, debating whether or not it were important for them to do something, like leave, or if they should just stay, and that the animals are just being weird. Their thought process didn't take all that long. Not long after the sounds had disappeared, did a foul stench appear from nowhere. This was before the movie Shrek came out. No. My father compared it to leaving food to rot out in the sun and then having to take a good old whiff of it from up close. He said the odour was so pungent that it infested their noses, and that they wanted to leave straight away. With all the weirdness that was going on, they were starting to get uncomfortable. So my father thanked his friend for making him feel better, and they both agreed to go back to his house to finish off the last few beers, and just to have a general chilled night. They started packing everything up, when they heard something in the distance. They weren't entirely sure what it was, like a crackling, like twigs snapping. They thought it could be another person. Could another person smell that bad? So they yelled out and asked them to come forward, that they had beer that they'd like to share and to generally just have a chill night. No one stepped forward. The sounds stopped and they waited patiently, awaiting a reply. They didn't get one, so they quickly packed up their stuff and started hauling it back to the car. They didn't hear anything on their run back, but just as they were driving away, the headlights illuminated something, what appeared to be eyes in the forest. The eyes, however, were far too high to be a person. They could see the outline of some kind of creature, humanoid, standing anywhere between six to eight feet high, immobile. They drove away and tried not to think about it. The reason this incident stuck out in my father's head, it was because he was traumatized from breaking up with his first love. And then this happens on the same night. Talk about bad luck, double whammy. He never went into more detail than that, but I always wonder, did my dad have an encounter with the elusive Bigfoot? I know it sounds stupid, but I can hear and see demons. I can't see them face to face, but what I can do is see their reflection in TVs, mirrors and windows. The one I see in the reflection of most wears a black cloak and looks very old. So you can't see his face because the cloak is covering it up. And he has sharp nails that look like razors. He has a hunchback, which makes him stand and sit weird. And he has a voice of a man in his thirties that smokes. This one isn't that mean. And the most he says to me is what are you doing? And how are you? In his low voice. But it's nothing bad. The other one, I've never seen, but I've heard it speaking to me. <laughs> 
It was around four in the morning, and I just got a new dog, and we had her in her cage out in the mudroom, where we put our shoes on. She was pounding inside her cage and crying, but I don't know how to open her cage door, so I couldn't let her out, and after a little bit, I heard a loud rumble tell me, leave now. At that point, I almost crapped myself and ran up my stairs back to my room, and I heard my dog getting louder and hear her barking and banging and crying. I have bad dreams about them, such as this one I vividly remember, where I was at the bottom of my stairs and I was taking a timed photo on my phone, which would make it take multiple photos since I have an iPhone. But when I looked back at them, I saw this black shadow crawling down my stairs after me, and it looked nothing like the one I can see in the reflection of it, and it chased me around until I woke up. About two days later, I had a dream about it again, where there was a black shadow inside my closet that I was trying to keep inside, but at the end, he got out and started crawling after me, and then I woke up. I know it sounds crazy, but it is all true. About 10 years ago, me and my husband were going spelunking in a remote part of Canada, although I don't want to mention where for privacy's sake. We were using flashlights and descending into the darkness. We had been to this cave before but we were trying to reach a chamber that we had yet to have got to on previous occasions. As we're making our way down, we hit the ground and start making our way towards where this chamber is. That's when we hear something in the cave. There really shouldn't be anything about other than a few bats as we're very deep down and there shouldn't be any rodents here, not any that could have survived the fall anyway. We try and ignore it, assuming it's still wildlife. And that's when we see something from our headlamps. A creature, tall, humanoid, gray, just running through the cave. We stand there in shock and without even saying a word, we run back and haul us out of there as quickly as possible. We never returned to that cave. We told our friends about it, and they said that it could have very well been a hoax. But who the hell would have dressed in grey, stayed in the pitch black, just to wait for the opportune time to scare two cavers? It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm going to try and give as many details as possible. I live in Ohio around Youngstown, and my family owns a cabin in Pennsylvania, near the Allegheny Forest. It's my grandpa's cabin, and he's a retired firefighter. Years ago, he and his firefighter friends would go hunting in the forest. His friends stayed in a tree stand, while the rest were spread out amongst the property and various stands. Around lunchtime, they planned to meet up and eat. Calling the friend, he wouldn't answer for anyone 
over any sort of walkie-talkie or anything. They decided to meet up and go check on him. They found him petrified, hiding duck down in the stand. They said small trees looked like they'd been snapped with ease. He was as white as a ghost. He claimed there was a large, estimated eight foot tall humanoid creature that stunk so bad he had been tearing down trees left, right and center and walked under the stand. So tall, his head almost touched it. He had no idea what it was, and in all his years of hunting, he had never seen anything like it. He didn't know what to think of it. My grandpa is very skeptical, and wouldn't make up this story for no reason whatsoever. It just makes you think. There is a known demon house in my area, and I assume that by passing this, this is where it first attached to me. This demon first manifested itself to me when I was 13, and followed me pretty consistently until I was 17. It could never physically get to me. Something was mostly keeping it at bay. There was never physical harm. It just attacked my psyche. I believe I was born with psychic gifts, medium and clairvoyancy. But the longer the demon was attached, the more I lost touch with these gifts. So after a while, I hired a medium to see if I could get answers regarding the demon. And long story short, she said it was an extremely powerful one, and she refused to speak to it. So I never learnt its name. But she informed me. The reason it couldn't get to me was because an ancient ancestor who was a warlock kept him at bay. With all that said, I still saw this demon in my dreams and in dark hallways. It always wore a black cloak. Occasionally there were things coming from its shoulders. I assume those were wings. And it had dark red eyes. Now I've never been able to get answers on this. Any help would be much appreciated. Another thing it did, it would make me see things, such as rows of shadows on both sides of the road at night, watching me. I haven't seen it in three years, but I do still feel it. So a few years ago, I had a run-in with the entities known as the Black-Eyed Children. For those of you who don't know, the black-eyed children are beings that roam the night. They knock on doors and try and get into your house. When you get a good look at them, they look like they're from a different time period. Then you see their face. They have no eyes. Or rather, their eyes are so black, they look like they're not even there. Any encounter with them results in the most terrifying night of most people's lives. However, my encounter with them just falls short. For reference, I was 17 when this occurred. At the time of writing this, I am a 19, almost 20 year old, and I was working at an indoor water park that might have been referred to as The Puddle. I was a lifeguard, and was the last one heading home late one night. I was soaking wet and freezing despite it being around 80 degrees outside. 
I got into my car and locked it, pulling my phone out for some music. I read a couple of messages and got distracted, and suddenly there was a tap at my window. I looked up and saw a couple of kids staring at me. I rolled the window down just enough to hear them clearly. What's up, guys? Are you lost? I asked in a polite tone. They didn't really respond. They didn't really move at all. Finally, the smaller child spoke, and as he did, my heart dropped. The voice that came out of this child's mouth was deeper than my own. It was so deep that it sounded like Satan himself spoke to me. We just need a ride home. Could you let us in and take us there? I couldn't move. I was frozen in fear. Come on, mister. Just open the door. It demanded, knocking again. As they were knocking, a car's headlights illuminated their faces. They had voids where their eyes should be. When they saw my look of horror, they grinned and started pounding so hard on my window that I thought it would break. I kept trying to start my car, but it wouldn't. Finally, one of the housekeepers of the hotel the puddle was built around came out to throw trash, and I heard them walking and went to warn them about the kids. When I look up, they were gone. Now this could have been a hallucination brought on by the amount of stress I went through, but it was very real for me. Anyway, my car ended up starting and I made it home in record time. Like I said, it's not the scariest thing that's happened to me, but it's up there. Let's just hope they don't find me again. My mum hates camping, so my dad always took me and my two sisters for a few days camping in the woods. It's a tradition that his father passed down to him, and he wanted us girls to carry it on too. We always went to the same woods, but there's something that happened that made us stop going. One summer, we were walking through the woods. We had deviated off the path to find somewhere a bit more private, as every year we tried to go somewhere we hadn't been before. We had been walking on the path for maybe half an hour, and it was still very bright with the sun high in the sky. That's when we heard something, rustling. At first we sort of dismissed it, but then the rustling grew loud very quickly. All four of us turn around, and this huge bipedal creature that must have been about 10 foot tall, I don't know, it was just running really fast, runs straight towards us. No reaction time, just pure fear. I felt like I was going to die, gonna be trampled by whatever this thing was. This creature ran straight past us, and I swear I could smell it and feel the hair brush past me as it made its way across the forest. I followed it with my eyes, but within an instant, it was gone again. My father said nothing. We turned around and got our little butts back home. We didn't talk about it much. 
My father has never taken us to the woods again, and I don't blame him. My family has a weird thing with always having ghosts around us. Not sure why, it's always just been that way. My sister has been seeing this one figure for a long time. She said it has chalky white skin with black eyes. She sees it around a lot. It has round ears and a round head. We call it monkey because it kind of looks like one. She has a lot of dreams, a few I can remember her telling me about being almost always about to get her killed. One time, she saw herself bloated and dead. Multiple times, have had to do with knives. And others, she saw the basic idea of the devil. If you don't know, but you know something or someone that could help, I'd appreciate it. I really don't know who to turn to. This happened to a friend and I a few years ago. My friend and I are both gun enthusiasts, and I had just purchased a new gun and wanted to shoot it. I live at the base of a mountain that borders the Blue Ridge Parkway. I own 17 acres, so shooting in my backyard isn't an issue. We began shooting my new gun, and my friend turns to his right and is immediately shocked and says, Hey man, what's that? When I turned to look, I saw something that sticks with me to this day. It was a red-eyed creature, maybe two feet high with glowing red eyes. I did not get a good vibe from it, and its face was terrifying. Even with a loaded gun in my hand, we approached the creature slowly, and my feeling of terror rose. My friend and I immediately turned around and went inside, and did not speak of it for the rest of the time, like we had forgotten about what happened. My friend called me the next day, and asked me why we had not done anything, and both came to an agreement that this creature had influenced us in some way. If anyone has had any similar experience, please share it. Looks-wise, it was about two to three feet tall, scaly grey skin, but I was distracted by the eyes. They penetrated through me, and were so intense.